So how, on God's gray earth, did this... John is in the basement, mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat, bad job laid off, says he's got a bad cough. And this... Darkness at the break of noon, shadows even the silver spoon. The handmade blade, the child's balloon, eclipses both the sun and moon. To understand, you know too soon, there's no sense in trying. And even this... Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want. Become this. I've forgotten more than you ever know about me. to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Uh, This week on the panel we have... Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. I'm Scott Livingston, and we have a special guest this week from the Dewey Paul Band and author of uh, Bohemian Ghosts, a memoir, Dewey Paul. Say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. There you go. <laughs> Dewey Paul is also the, um, I don't know, manager, curator of the International Bob Dylan Festival, which is important because this week we're going to be diving into Bob Dylan's 1970 album, Self Portrait. So, um... Where was Bob in 70? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. I don't know if he knows yes, where I he have... was. This... <laughs> I mean, up till this point, he had made a number of interesting career choices that you know could have been like career suicide, but all had paid off very handsomely. I mean, plugging in and going electric being the most obvious one, but even, you know, Disappearing after the motorcycle accident, moving from protest to more personal beatnik lyrics, going country. I mean, he'd been pretty much batting a thousand until this album came out. And um, Well, Nashville Skyline was the one right before this, which yeah, is still it, revered as a, one of the best. Yeah, he went country, and it's still... It, he, Lay Lady Lay was one of his biggest hits. I mean, so nothing he had done... He, he had done no wrong up to this point, and then... This album... They got to turn on you eventually. Yeah, well... <laughs> Did he turn on himself? That's what I'm wondering. That's the big question. I mean, you know... It is. <laughs> with, with Dylan, it's always a matter of interpreting, but we're not trying to figure out, you know, who Napoleon in rags is here. We're trying to figure out why Dylan made this album. Why these songs? Why these songs in this manner? And asking Bob himself is 
It's a bit cryptic. Yeah, he's... And contradictory. Yes, he's made a a number of statements over the years that, I mean, currently he he is stating that he would deliberately made a bad album to try and get people to stop liking him because he was sick of being liked. Well, we all make mistakes. Yes, but <laughs> I mean that that does seem like a bit of like um retrofitting or you know I don't believe that's really what he was thinking at the time, at least not consciously. Unless he has a time machine, that's a tough one to to set out to do and then claim that you've successfully done it. If, if you try to listen to the, and I say try, because you have to try to listen to this album. And when you try to listen to it as an album, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Is he trying to be psychedelic? Cause he, he mentioned that in a couple yeah. comments about it where he was, everybody would think he's the acid King or the guy who's always doing trippy stuff. And, and here was his attempt to maybe do that. To, yeah. There's nothing but, really psychedelic about it at all. No, in fact, it's almost, you know, other than it's, defiantly it's a kaleidoscope M-O-R. of weird songs. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's very difficult to determine his intent because it is kind of all over the map, and and it is pretty clear that he was um, um, upset or tired of being bothered all the time. You know, he moved upstate in New York, and the hippies followed him there and knocking on his door, and he moved back to New York and. Had the same problem there, you know. AJ Weberman digging through his trash. <laughs> well, yeah, so so uh, you know, and I think I think he he uh, you know he he didn't want to be the guy who was the meal ticket, right? Yeah. For for all of these hangers on, and and um, and he also resented that people were uh, uh, applying intention to what he was doing that he didn't think was there. Right, you know, especially with the political stuff. Right? Yeah, you know, he's thinking, look, I'm a singer. I like these songs. I think they're. I'm cool. a song and dance man. Right, I am not the leader of anything. You know, certainly not a revolution or even a union for yeah. that matter. Right, so, so, so I think that um, that that he wanted. It, it seems to me that he wanted to do something just to sort of prove that he was that he had a lot of different things going on. Yeah. You know, aside from, you know, whatever, whatever people imagined him. Rabble rousing. Right. And, and, uh, I like to think of this, I I have a, a more, a more fond view of this album, I think, because I, I think, you know, despite his personal protestations, I think the idea of self portrait is contained in here in that, in that when you, when you, especially as you, you listen to some of his later albums, as they, as they go on, you can see a lot of the types of music that he finds attractive or that gets to him in yes. some way. And, you know, there's certainly um, folk is a big part of it, to be clear, but there's also country and there's also what you'd call uh, traditional American music. Yeah. Right. You know, say the music of the 30s and 40s or whatever that wasn't necessarily blues or folk. And all of these are contained in there. And then plus there's the live stuff. Yeah, which which is kind of what he was doing at the time, and and I don't know, I'm unsure of that. If if it was, I you know, he just wanted to be, hey, this is what I was doing. This is part of the self portrait. Yeah, or or maybe we need four more songs to have a double album. I don't know exactly. Yeah, what was well, the- going on there? But at the same time, it does fit that broader theme of of hey, this is this is who I am. You guys got it all wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and this is, I mean. Other than his very first album, the the you know his debut, this is the first album he's done like any covers on, and this album is seventy five percent, if not more. And I, and I would agree with 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 Dewey here is on that that at least that some of the covers and where they're placed on the album is really mysterious. 
Like, yeah. why is it? Why is it here? Yeah. Right? Not, not not just why did he do it, but why is it even? Yeah, it's yeah. a scary self-portrait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it. It's yeah, like that, that if this it, is yeah. my self-portraiture, I'm a pretty flattering. disturbing individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I started to think about this like. Bob Dylan Sandinista. He's like, I'm throwing. <laughs> well, I, I, I did collect some of the um, things he has said about this album over the time as to why he did it this way. And then, you know, one of the, my favorites is from his quote unquote autobiography from 2004. He said, I released an album, a double one, where I just threw everything I could think of at the wall and whatever stuck, released it. Then went back and scooped up everything that didn't stick and released that too, which is what it is, really. It's well, in a, in a way, it was a precursor to what became like the bootleg series, yeah, of stuff, you know. But that stuff is so much better. Like the bootleg series stuff is is actually some pretty good stuff, and even yeah. Biograph has some great gems. But boy, this album—it's kind of like was he intentionally looking for the worst stuff to put on that wall? Yeah, in well, a way. I'm... But I mean, there's a genuineness to it though too. But I see that as sort of like, these are all demo kind of yeah. things. They, they, they come to me, or they come across to me production-wise as just demos in a way. And Because like, some songs, the vocals are really hot. Some, they're not there at all. Some songs, yeah. he's mumbling. I mean, even on the live version of Like a Rolling Stone, he puts on here, the words are completely messed up. Yeah. Like, why would you put that out? We've, we've come across this a lot in some of these you know, outlier albums, and it, it's the thing where the songs don't sound like they have anything to, it sounds like a mismatch of, of demos or there's no, whether it's mastering, whether it's when and how they were recorded or even song choice, they don't seem to fit together in a, in a cohesive way. It just sounds, this is the album you put out when you haven't had enough sleep. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very, <laughs> for, for uh, 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 you know, schizophrenic kind of all over the place. Hence the self portrait. And, yes. but it also makes, Sort of a, an it's, it's a good title. It's like an impressionist view of of Bob. You know, like we were saying, if you listen carefully to this, it seems like a car crash. If you <laughs> zoom out a little bit, if you kind of like blur your vision a little bit, <laughs> like one of those three D stand back, and all of a sudden it flows together a lot better and is more of a cohesive thing. I kind of hear it too as sort of like a movie in a way. Where if you just listen to this, it's kind of cut like an abstract or psychedelic yeah. movie yeah. where it's all these vignettes, you know, these little snippets of things that don't quite fit together. But here they're telling a bigger tale, which, you know, again, self-portrait, right? Well, Maybe that's how he sees himself. With all the types time. of music that Matt mentioned, you know, one of the other ones is um, like Marconi kind of Western sound. Like the first song is is almost movie, you yeah, know, it sounds movie like a trailer. Yeah. Sound, yeah, it has this really <laughs> spooky movie. I do like that soundtrack song. quality to it, um, and uh, that's that's sort of neat. <laughs> well, shall we dig in? Start with the first. This is a long album, so let's yeah. let's let's start off with all the tired horses by Bob Dylan, but not sung by Bob Dylan. All the tired horses in the sun. I'm supposed to get in it right and done. Mm-hmm. All the tired horses in the sun. I'm supposed to get in it right and done. Mm-hmm. All the tired horses. 
I mean, the, the big joke that all the critics jumped on when this came out is, is he saying writing or writing? Because he does not seem to be writing a whole lot for this record. And the strings, you know, there's a lot of that on the yeah, on different parts Matra of the record, Vani, too. Where, yeah, over the top. I think he's envisioning a, a, a movie in his yeah. head. It just, it's, it's very sp- cinematic. You're supposed to ride off into the sunset yeah. at the end of the movie, right. not the... <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a bad spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's that's why, I, you know, this is, this is my experience with this album. It is a... Uh, okay, so you got... I, I'm not a huge... You know, I don't, I'm not a... Um, Dylan O'File. I only have a few albums, but there's some that I've listened to over and over again, like Highway 61 Revisited and Blood on the Tracks. Um, and and uh, and and this one is odd because I I rarely say I want to listen to this now, but when I I have it on my you know the the random shuffle or something, whenever it comes up, I I, I am captivated. And, I, and, I, and not just this song, like the whole album. And I'm, it's like, what is it about this that kind of like gets into you in some way? Right? How does it dig into you? And I think it's a, you know, and I think the reaction too is that, that you know, positive or negative. It's just, a, it's, there's something going on. Yeah. And, and uh, but you know, who knows? Maybe it's just in the imagination. But this song, I think the lead off on this, I think it right away is, is look, this is not your mother's Bob Dylan. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, this is gonna be something different. You guys are in for a wild ride. And, and, and the odd thing is, is that it's like you have no idea. How, like if you thought this was odd, you have no idea how weird it's yeah, gonna it get. Yeah, it doesn't right? doesn't tell you where the oddness is. Just that it's there will be like oddness right when the acid's about to kick in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> just strap in and. <laughs> Hold tight for the next hour. But I love, I love that this is, this is, even though despite all the cover songs on this album, this is the song. This is a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, one of the few that he wrote. And he's not even singing it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, up till this point, Bob was known, you know, first and foremost as a lyricist. You know, songwriter somewhat below that, guitar player much below that, and singer. Well, that's what you have to put up with to hear the lyrics. So doing an album that's not only mostly covers, but even the few songs he does write, like this one, only has two lines repeated over and over again. He has like two or three instrumentals on here. He's not giving you any new words. Even when he's giving you new music, he is not well, saying anything. He's also said about this album, too, is kind of a collection of, of songs that they were doing in the studio in Nashville as warm-ups. Yeah. And weren't really, in a way, meant to be taken seriously. So you have to kind of consider that, too, in a way, I guess. Yeah, and I... But, this was right the after. Are pretty. Yeah, Great White Wonder, <laughs> like the first bootleg came out, and he was like kind of upset that it was doing well because the al- that album is a hodgepodge as well. You know, stuff from like pre-fame 1961 early recordings, and then 1967 basement tapes all mixed in with like random live cuts. So maybe he was just trying to imitate Great White Wonder and its mishmash. <laughs> But speaking of mishmash, mishmash. So we hit the next one. Oh, let's Alberta number one, which means yes, there will be an Alberta number two, <laughs> but at least one more. Yes. Alberta, let your hair hang low. Alberta, let your hair hang low. The stereo picture on this thing is I'm not psyched about it so much. <laughs> what? Hit drums all in one ear, everything else in the other. 
It's not a good mix, I think is what you're saying. Yeah. He folds into mono just fine. <laughs> Which makes me kind of think when I listen to the whole record is like, is anything on here mixed? In a way, it's almost like this is how it was recorded, and he just threw. Yeah, this threw is it our old wall, rough like mixes. Said, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's is, been right. Is there kind of a beef hardian element right. to this, or Zappa ish, or motels, or, or something? His, yeah. To support the you know deliberately catastrophic side of seeing his own career, maybe he's you know that's why he didn't bother polishing these. Well, I um, like I said I you know I don't. I don't That said, I, uh, I I found that most of his albums, the production is not his forte. You know, you're right. It's not. It's not really at the top of the. You know, the there's top a of few the though that, that are really outstanding in production. Yeah, that, yeah. that first song was. Really, yeah, that first really, one was like really touch, well done. Yeah, the touches yeah. are really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this one, my biggest complaint is the hard stereo pan stuff, which is really weird to listen to folky, jangly guitar stuff with a, a modern. It doesn't fit with the song before, it, which it, is a pattern we're going to see yeah, over and over it again. It sounds okay in a, in a room on a stereo. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, and I just set my I set my phone to play in mono, and everything folds up pretty nicely, sort of proving that. That was unnecessary. I think if you had an entire <laughs> album of material that sounded like this and was mixed this way, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But you don't have that here. Yeah, that is that it, it is well, like with it's, the, it's all over the the hard place. pan stereo picture. Uh, you know, the classic thing was to have audience perspective. Uh, you know, bass in the left or right, guitar in the yeah, right, sure, right sure. depending on how the band with drums in the middle and vocals here. You know, it's pretty much. Uh, uh, mixed in stereo to approximate the live uh, but I've never agreed with that because I always think that not everybody's standing in the same place all the time yeah yeah some of us get crappy (laughs) seats over on the left and all we can hear is the bass and but that that was when people decided to do that they were usually really consistent with committed to that or stoned for for (laughs) several or bands that decided to release their albums with a stereo picture like that would stick to that for several albums. Right. That's their thing. That's how they sound. It's sort of part of their recorded sound. So it's really jarring to have it. It doesn't happen. Completely yeah. different on every every other song. It's kind of nuts. But this, is, this is a traditional song, right? A yeah. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. There, this is very Bob Dylan-y. It's, this yeah. is great. Yeah. If there yeah. were a whole album that was yeah, just like yeah. this, like I said, that that'd be but one that's, thing. I think but it's part of the self-portrait, though, right? It's like like this yeah. is a part of me, but this yeah. isn't it's all of me. Not all of me. Right? I do this thing sometimes, bit. and sometimes I do this yeah, other yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 So you're throwing. It's like splattering paint. Oh, it's like a Jackson <laughs> Pollock painting or something. Yeah. One of my metal fabrication magazines that I get not even that long ago had a big article with Bob Dylan because of his metal sculpture. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he likes he's, making gates or something. He's yeah, an interesting like, dude. He is. Yeah, he, he has does what facets. he wants to do, whether you like it or not. And I mean, a he lot doesn't. Of, he doesn't care whether that's one thing you do I love or about not. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you know, there's always at least one <laughs> thing that you're like, oh, here and there. Oh, I wish you hadn't chosen to do that. But um, we'll go on to the next track. I forgot more than you'll ever know about her. Bob singing. Yep. 
That's when he's doing the crooning thing, which was the... Yeah. yeah. During nice Nashville Sightline. Did yeah. they really need Roy Arbison and the Traveling Wilburys? <laughs> no, yeah. he could have replaced them. <laughs> I always thought he sounded like Jim Neighbors when he yeah, was doing the... Yeah. Uh, oh, gee, Sarge, let me sing you a song. <laughs> he would have made a good Wilbury. There you go. About Well, and I kind of, you know, I definitely listen to the lyrics too, and going through this record. And there's there are a lot of poignant lyrics, but it, it kind of seems like he's leading you, painting a picture, you know, with like the first song. You got this soundscape. Okay, are we? Is this a soundtrack? Or is he telling a story here? But nah. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. But it, it's interesting. He's got the romantic thing in there with the country. Again, song. it's an impressionist. Yeah, and half of these. Half of these were recorded in Nashville, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that sort this album sort of was Outtakes. done in three chunks. There With was Charlie Daniels playing guitar. Yeah. One yeah. was done right after Nashville Skyline in Nashville in 1969. There's about ten tracks recorded. Six of them end up on this record. Then you know that summer he goes off to the Isle of Wight and records you know, a live album essentially, and four of those tracks end up here. Then about a year later. He's just jamming with uh, Dave Bromberg and Al Cooper in a studio. And he doesn't like any one of these, so he sends the uh, just the acoustic jamming through folk tunes and random things to Bob Johnston in Nashville to overdub a bunch of stuff onto them so they will kind of match the yeah, stuff. Kind of the strings came in. And stuff yeah, and so that's why, you know, some of it sounds like Let It Be, where it's a rough jam with Phil Spector slathered on top of it. And some of it sounds like, you know, this very country-ish, but much more polished production. Right, and I heard the the stuff they did in, in New York, right? The, yeah. I, I heard that um, <coughs> um, a lot of that was first or second takes. Yeah, he just brought in like a stack of like Sing Out magazine, and he would just flip through and was like, oh, hey, remember this song? And that's where... You know, they would just run through it once, and he was you know. known to still do that throughout his career, though. Yeah, when he did that tour with that. the Dead in the '80s, they covered a bunch of odd songs in their rehearsals that never even came out on the tour. You know, they yeah. were, and you can hear Bromberg doesn't know any of the chords, so he's just soloing yeah. the whole time, and you know, Al Cooper's trying to keep up, and then they, you know, the tempos all over the place. So when they throw it down to Nashville, I'm trying to be a waltz, but it's yeah, not they, quite they, a waltz. You know, mm-hmm. there's like some anecdote about like one of the Kenny Butcher or something coming in and one of the other studio guys coming out and is like you're not going to believe this the charts all have like arrows on them like tempo goes down here tempo goes up here watch out oh, here so days before the computer yeah so <laughs> I saw um, an interview with Charlie Daniels on one of those late night shows like the Tonight Show or something yeah. like this and and he said uh, he was talking about this session and he said that uh, that he was there he kind of insinuated himself into the studio I guess and the producer didn't like him or didn't know who he was and so he played one day yeah. and then he wasn't invited back the next and apparently Bob was like hey where's Charlie bring Charlie back and he said he was always grateful you know he yeah. thought, thought Bob was pretty cool but wasn't that the um, the Al Cooper story? Well, well, Al, yeah, he did that too. He he, he snuck in on he snuck like in a on a set, yeah, yeah the, like a Rolling Stone, a classic. Yeah, he never story. played organ it's, before, but he's like, I want to play the story. Dylan story. He thought he was going to play yeah. guitar. Yeah, and there's but, like already three right. guitar players, and, and, and the producer's like, "What are you doing?" And one of them is Mike Bloomfield. Yeah, yeah, so he's like, "Well, I'll just figure out how to play yeah, this instrument." Right. <laughs> well, shall we move on to the? 
The next one here's another. This is another New York tune with uh, drums and stuff added later, as as it might be obvious. That's same same kind of thing where they were getting ready to give Al the boot, and Bob was like, "Hey." Yeah. Where's, where's the organ guy going? Turn yeah. him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old Tom Moore from the Bummer Shore in the good old golden days. They call me a bummer and a gin sock too, but what cares I for praise? I gotta say, I, this is one of the songs in the album that stands out to me as a good song. Oh yeah, this I is really awesome. like this song. Yeah, I agree as it's well. It's like a, a sort of country folk, yeah. funk kind of thing. It's very Americana. It's, yeah. it's really cool to hear Bob uh, singing yeah, American songbook kind of material the same way it's cool to hear you know, uh, Pete Seeger or somebody like that sing just about anything. It, if it's an old song that there are a lot of versions of, it's like old cowboy song. It's just cool to hear his take. And again, this set would go good in a spaghetti western. Yes, I could, I could see, see this in a Clint guy Eastwood in the horse, right? Yeah, exactly. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Yeah. Well, there you go. Which songs did Rick Danko play on? I think just the live ones. Yeah, just, just the, the live ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's another part of the uh, the confusion and mishmash. Is the the credits are just a list. There's a of, ton of people but, on this. You know, no one's mentioned as who's playing what on which song. It's just you know an alphabetical list of like 40 people. So. Yeah, but we actually don't know, right? No, yeah, no, no nobody like a, was taking real good notes. <laughs> was there like a mouth harp in there on that one too? It's like a bass harmonica or something, yeah. I like that tune though. Yeah. No, that's killer. That, that's a, it's, it's the longest track it's on here. It's sung really well too. Right? Yeah. It Five also, and a half minutes, so you know, again, Dylan's not doing his 11 minute. It might be the only good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, overall well if you're coming from being a, a super fan of early bob dylan stuff that one fits right in yeah it's it's his voice it's his folksy thing and, uh, doesn't have any weird production elements that are kind of plastic to the, the style and, yet, and what's cool too is it it's on this album that it's very you know it's controversial and yet it's almost it's a hidden song in a way it's overshadowed by everything else he's ever done and here's this great little gem on here I mean it's not his song obviously it's a, I think it's a cool little gem you know having never listened to this on the vinyl I wonder how I wonder what that experience would have been like you know because you always listen to the same side a few times yeah yeah I think if you're a big fan and you're waiting for that record to come out and you went and got it I think it'd be pretty disappointing <laughs> well that, that's how a lot like, of I mean it did sell like, real well but yeah, yeah it sold people, really well yeah Number Andy one Dillon's, in the UK, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, but you know, the Rolling Stone review infamously started with "What is this shit?" shit? Yeah. But this is the song like I would get excited about. Yeah, first, there's a couple you know, of, but films. you know, like, oh, you know, maybe um, this is going to be an okay record. There's the strange thing. Well, you know that that um, Frank Zappa quote, right? He said, you know, writing about music is like dancing to architecture. Dancing about architecture, right? It's like it's it's yeah, you're doing Good something, quote. but it's not sure what exactly what you're doing. And, and, and I, I, uh, 
I, uh, my experience, you know, I, I stopped reading Rolling Stone magazine a long, long time ago. So has everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, but uh, my experience with their reviews was typically if, if it was universally praised, it was something I was not going to like. Right. Yeah, oh, same here. Um, if it was something that got really mixed reviews, I might like it. If they really hated it, I wanted to listen to it. Just that curiosity. <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know, unless it was in some genre. But but it's like they they get it wrong so often. Yeah. I mean they really they really do, you know. And then twenty years later, revisionist history. Yes. Well, I don't know that I could ever praise this record. Yeah. Well, well, this might not be the best example. Yeah. Of that, right. <laughs> no. Well, uh, the modern equivalent would be like. IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, where you find a lot of the really cool, like really interesting movies have like fifty or sixty yeah, percent like cult following. They're like yeah, yeah. C- completely split in the middle. It's like, well, those are the really interesting ones, and the ones that have like the high ninety percent, you know, approvals are like, yeah, that's that's a good movie. I'm not going to be able to avoid that. It's going to be shown everywhere for many years because well, everybody. This album has that. Got B movie quality, yeah. For sound, well, yeah. and that's see, and that, I guess, I guess maybe it's because of the there's like burnouts and shit, and the, <laughs> there's hair in the gate, right. the and songs, and some projector. of the mixes kind of end abruptly. Yeah, you know, there's there's weird endings, and like, kind of, it's just demo. I think, I think it is it absolutely, and and that might be part of the reason I like it. It seems more accessible Rough in some ways, and also, also with uh, the state of modern music production, which is. Um, Certainly could be the best it has ever been, and it's just not. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, you know, it's kind of like I want to, I want to hear something that feels like it's actually people doing something. Yeah, and this, this does that. It makes you feel like there's people doing something. Yeah, you know, usually, to. yeah, yeah, trying to do something. <laughs> right, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, in, in today's, uh, you know, I, I realize that. Back in 1970, this wasn't going on. Yeah. Still, in today's world, when you put on a record, you buy a record, if it even is a record, right? It's just a stream or something. You have no idea what the hell's going on. You don't know if that's an actual person singing, if it's been all True. completely is that altered. Is that a guitar? Is that a... Right. Is it, what is instrument it a sample? Is, is it not a sample? Right. You well, know, in 1970, you're talking about metal machine music, man. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> this is the age back then, you know, where there's a lot of drugs going on. There's a lot of experimentation. Yeah, yeah. That could have played a role into some of the choices that were made on this record. You know, as far as put taking a, an extreme risk, like Dylan himself said, it backfired on him what he was trying to do. Yeah, one of his intentions was to shoo off some of these fans that weren't really fans, and it backfired into get, you know the bad reviews it got. Yeah. But well, it's yeah. funny, like every halfway decent album he's done since then has been hailed as a comeback. I mean, even yeah. New Morning, which came out like four months later, is like, oh, we've got Dylan back, and then you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every other album's a comeback album. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Well, shall we go on to Early Morning Rain, the uh, Gordon Lightfoot tune? And it, it, that's a great tune of Gordon Lightfoot. In the early morning rain with a dollar in my hand And an aching in my heart 
and my pockets full of sand. I'm it's a good choice to cover this song, I think. Yeah, but it is odd because, you know, up to this point, this yeah. had been all songs that meant something to Dylan as a kid. And right. this obviously didn't mean to anything to him as a kid because it only come out like a year or two before then. I mean, yeah. He does a good job with it, but you're like... Is he saying maybe he's influenced by popular music? Maybe, or, you know. Gordon Lightfoot, he's a Canadian, right? Yeah. And it has, but this song has a very Spanish, you know... Well, at least that this romantic, production, Western, yeah. Western feel, yeah. Yeah. at least is, yeah, right. I don't know what the original sounds like. Yeah. Well, and I mean, again, it's, it's you know, it's hobos, only he can't hop a freight train, like and a jet plane or whatever, leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when he'll come back again. No, that's John Denver. But yeah, (laughs) it is sort of. I mean, even though it is a a recent song, it does sort of connect to the sort of. It was a hit song for Gordon Lightfoot, and I think some other people got hits out of covering it. Yeah, I mean, Gordon had had a a career, but his career was sort of based on the the Bob Dylan model. So for Bob Dylan to be covering, and he does this with. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah but yeah, he, the fact that he's <laughs> covering people who are mostly seen as you know lesser versions of himself is. I think it's an endearing attempt, though. I think you can, yeah. it's genuine. Yeah, I don't think. The song I mean, a lot of people have you know, to said it. that you know he was making fun of particularly Paul right. Simon by covering, but. Well, that's just it. it. Yeah, he, I think he's sincere. I mean, that's what comes across on this whole album is well, and sincerity. That's what, yeah, that's what is, I guess, so confusing. And it must have been confusing for a lot of fans of, of Bob Dylan in general because they thought he was one thing. Yeah. And here, I don't. I think he is being sincere. It's not a come on. No. And and uh, they're like, wait, we thought we thought we had this cool guy who was going to lead the revolution. No, we got the guy who likes to listen to the Everly Brothers and exactly. sit on the front porch and and and, and, and so he put shit. that much thought into it though by I, putting it on here. Or I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know if or he, he just liked the way it sounded and said, "I'm just going to put this here." Well, the, I think Back part here. of it is the here long is. gestation period of this album. So he had several different thoughts over the course of this, you know. So there was a point where he may have been very sincere in recording it. And then later when he put it on, he was like, well, this will piss people off or this will get them to stop digging through my garbage. Right. He might have, you know, he could have had many motives. And and I I tend to think that people in general don't don't think through all of their motivations when they do something. He didn't. I mean, he could have recorded how much is that dog in the window for that matter. He wanted to really piss people off. Right. So there is a a sincerity, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's not he's not deliberately trolling, but. You know, I think it's it's like one of those things. You know, it's like when you show an unflattering picture of yourself to 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 someone. Yeah. Right. Because you want them to see the real you. The real you. Again, right? self-portrait. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and uh, you know, and the thing is, is that sometimes people don't like you. Then. Yeah. If you show them your ugly side, people will say yeah. that maybe is his ugly. wife really liked this one and said, <laughs> maybe. Oh, "Put this one on there." Yeah. He, this was <laughs> at at the point where he was, you know. Just a, a house husband and you know staying at home with the kids and oh yeah didn't he just when he had his motorcycle that was a few years before, yeah that was yeah. back in sixty six but he was a recluse during this period yeah yeah he hadn't performed live much at all I mean he showed up at the Isle of Wight we'll get to that later and he you know did the Woody Guthrie tribute when he died because Lord knows he was obligated to but you know he wasn't touring for another four or five years so shall we. 
Press On. Yeah, the last song on side one of the vinyl. Yes. It is conveniently six songs per side. This is In Search of Little Sadie. Went out last night just to take a little round. I met my little Sadie and I brought her down. I run right home and I went to bed with a 44 smokeless under my head. I began to think of what I did I done. I grabbed my This is cocaine blues. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is, uh, or whatever the original. It's, it's a variation. This is yeah. probably the original. Yeah. yeah, he was on cocaine when he did it. It's, it's oh, a yeah. variation of that same theme. Yeah. yeah. It's also not very good. I don't think. Well, it's, it's pitchy. It's pitchy, dog. It's, you know? it's in search of Little Sadie's key because he switches right, the key yeah. like and tempo a couple of times. Weird modulations. Which you know makes sense when it's just you and one other guy jamming. Yeah. But the, the fact they go back and oh, yes, add all this stuff on top, trying to copy these various, you know, first fluctuations. Makes Tru- trucker the, speed blues. Yeah, and yeah. then there's like, it's hard to tap your foot to this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's odd. It's, it is, it's is one of the ball. most experimental things he's ever put on record in its own weird way. The singing is extremely questionable. Yeah. Like, you know. sent me back. I had no one. Yes, they did. <laughs> I just wondering it's just, if if he's going through the different versions. Maybe this is the only take of this song. You know. Well, that's why just you it. Put it on there. That's like two a, songs later, he plays Little Sadie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> not only does he, it, yeah. he he searched for Little Sadie and then he found it, but then he, found he it. included the search, which right. leads you to think. See, I like that too. It's which like, means it's maybe like I'm writing this on the head. fly. Yeah, this is yeah, like this is like behind the scenes footage, only with right. overdubbed with a, a golden frame around it. So it's like, why are we? That's like a Grateful Dead tune sped up like 300. Yeah. yeah, it's a really it should, it warped record. Like 15 so you know, minutes long, but. every now and then it slows down and goes down a, a key, and then it speeds up and goes up a key, and it's just yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is that you know, I mean, I. I certainly like my share of very well-produced rock and roll music, yeah. pop music, any any kind of music, really, right? Yeah. Right, you know, but with slick productions. But I don't know. I, I just I value the fact that when you see musicians play live, right, when yeah. they're when they're not a slave to a machine, yes, right. Uh, things like tempos vary. You're yeah. saying they didn't use a click track on that one, Matt? Yeah, I am saying. <laughs> well, if they did, shocking. it was a, right, right. You know, it was a very and broken. If you're following clicker. this album up to at this point, if you haven't realized, it's a completely not what you think. Right. It's going <laughs> yeah. in different directions. This is the song that takes you there. Yeah. This is the song saying, "Okay, everything well, yeah. you and thought so far, now we're just going to well, do and this." Well, the fact thing that it's here. the last song on track. On side yeah. one, I'm sure a lot of people. This is where they're like, you know, I don't need to bother with the other three sides. I bet this is where a lot of people Possibly. jumped off. So, or it's or he's saying, hey, it's about to get weirder. Yeah, flip the record over and let's go to the next side. Uh, I you think know? I think if you saw like that's how they did it back yeah. then. It was all about the each side. Yes, if someone actually played that song that way i mean not in Mine. a copying way yeah. right right but you saw them like in a coffee shop and they were just all over with right. tempo well, you, and you'd probably key. but even then you'd probably go and i think this is really cool like this is a strange song that yeah. they're doing is and this like deliberately beef hearty right? or is this yeah, like just really bad i can't tell right but in a in sometimes a, really bad turns out to be pretty cool but then in a professionally <laughs> released album it it um 
Yeah, Does and it stand you've up? chosen. It stands yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've you've cut other songs to put this song on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, why did you do that? Yeah. Well, let's take a, a look at track one from side two. Let it be me. One of the uh, Nashville songs. Again, Jim Neighbors, he's definitely in the, the Gomer Pile zone. He's really fucking hamming it up, isn't he? Yeah. He's just well, having a time. Well, if you take all the Nashville tracks, there's like six on this album and another two that appeared on a album we'll have to cover later called Dylan, which was released as, you know, vengeance against him leaving the record no, label. We've got the background singers back here. Yes. You know. And you put them all together, there's like eight of them, and there's another two that haven't been released. It, it sounds like a pretty cheesy commercial follow-up to Nashville and Skyline. he never matches the background singers either on no. any of the songs on this whole, even in a, especially in the live stuff, but yeah. this is stuff they could have actually done in the studio and matched up, but there's no... Well, it's clear that this whole huge band is performing live, so the, yeah. the backing singers can't follow him, and he's not going to try and follow them, so... There's a couple instances of uh, songs with a blues form on this where... Bob sings across the bar lines and leaves the form oh, yeah. like the hell behind in, a, no form. in yeah. a fantastic way. Yeah. In a, in a way that if I tried to do, I would follow my face. But That's he, Bob being Bob. For he, sure. yeah. he lands He's done it. that on a, a lot of his records. Usually, it's a weird choice for a song. Yeah. This is the, in listening to this album, this was the, I think it was the first song that really threw me. I was like, what, what is why? not in search of little Sadie? Why is this? Go, you know, yeah, exactly. How do you get? Well, how everything do you get from up to like this has been either. little Sadie, Sadie folk song about you know down and out guy. I can accept Gordon Lightfoot, but now we're going to like right. Everly Brothers. Where where is yes. this going? Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, again, I, I think it's I think it still sounds earnest. Though. Yeah, I, I don't think he's joking, which is why I don't think he's like self sabotaging, as he said. Or at least he wasn't when he was recording. Again, I think he may Yeah, have, when he was recording. When he was yeah. recording, he was sincere. And yeah. when he put it out, he was maybe... Like, I'm just going to give you this awful stuff that I do. Well, sometimes you do something in private that you, you really are sincere and genuine about. And then when you look <laughs> and back at it... I was sincere about it. Yeah, you're like, oh... Maybe I shouldn't yeah, have put that out. A little, yeah. no, <laughs> little a, naked, little heart on my sleeve, little yeah. embarrassing. But he decided to... Like well, he's never one to apologize. No, he's so never it doesn't. Said. You know, either way, he's he owns now, it. You, uh, you you guys know more about Dylan, uh, you know Scott and Dewey. You know more about Dylan for sure than than I do. But but um, wasn't wasn't he like I um I, I vaguely remember maybe it was from his biography or something. Yeah. But but it was uh you know apparently when he was starting out that he was you know he was just kind of ordinary folk singer guy. Yeah. And then but then but then he discovered his kind of head voice the nasal voice and all yeah. of that and uh and like almost like overnight he like took off in new well, york I, he right? was romantic and he fantasized about being a train hobo and his first his first literally bio he put out was a lie 
Oh yeah, and he, he was worse than to Vanilla get, Ice. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I grew up in. <laughs> he really and he still have... never talks about that. Well, he I was just, just he yeah. laughs it off. Well, I was yeah. under the impression that he wanted to, he he wanted to be a more traditional kind of singer, but yeah. he kind of discovered that his playing up this hobo, yeah, this Bob persona. Dylan thing was gonna yeah. be, you know. It was all romanticized, even the yeah. name. It's not even his name. So. And it was also a way to be successful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it helped him stand out from all the other, like, Chad Mitchell trios and Kingston trios I think I don't think he ever thought, and I, I'm going to say this just like, and we're going to tie it into a modern theme here, I don't think Trump thought he was going to actually win the presidency, and I don't think Bob Dylan actually thought he was going to be famous. Yeah. I think he was having fun, and he was romanticizing, and then he became famous, and that's why he reacted to the press the way he did. He was just like, why do you keep bothering me? We're how many years into his musical career with this album, and he's still like... I wonder if I can get away. Holy yeah, shit, exactly. I did get away with that. Said, well, I mean, well, that, yeah, that, that exactly documentary right. that came out in, just on Netflix of, just a couple of days ago is full of all sorts of half-truths and outright lies. He's got an actor pretending to be the director of the film. and What is this? No. It, he did. There's a documentary on Netflix that came out just oh, I like haven't watched it yet. three no days spoilers. ago. But, oh, no spoilers, but <laughs> yeah. there's, the there are some out, outright lies. He, you know, Sharon Stone shows up pretending that she was on the tour and well, there's that a he, prankster element to yeah. him. Yeah. He's, and he's like, to, Oh, know, I got the idea for the face paint kick. from watching kiss. And so it's like the ruddles <laughs> or something. He, yeah. Except it's, except com- it's, there's documentary footage and it's really him. And uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but it, it's like his persona and his, his myth is so he's not interested all over in the, the place. It's more like a, a, a fog than a, <laughs> yeah. a solid thing. I guess it's like anyone in the human condition. It's like who is who am I? Who is this person? Yeah. Who is this creation? And and he has fun and he exploring different parts of his own character. And this album definitely shows that yeah. <laughs> in a weird, odd way. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to Little Sadie? Little Sadie done correctly. I went out last night to take a little round. I met a little city and I floated it down. I run right home and I went to bed with the 44 smokeless under my head. I went out last night to take a little round. The bongos are. Bizarre. Yes. I was going to compliment the mandolin playing, but yeah, yeah. I was going to say, do you think the mandolin was added after? Yeah, this is another one that was just him and Bromberg in the studio in New York, and then sent down to Nashville to get sweetened up. I mean, there's two Little Sadies and two Albertas on the album. I think. I think this is a decent attempt. Again, yeah, sincerity to go yeah. with that Americana. Yeah. It, almost ahead of its time, this song, yeah. in a way. Very bluegrassy. Yeah. Oh, yes, I was going to say that the bongos are kind of substituting for uh, uh, Skrillex-style banjo. Yeah. Well, at the that's time, the, the big hit was what, Mungo Jerry, like Summertime. Yeah. It's kind of, so maybe that, he's going yeah. for a little bit of that's that feel. That's the New York or, bohemianism. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think putting both In Search of Little Sadie and Finding Little Sadie... <laughs> He is saying, look, I could do the song regular, or I could do it interesting. Yeah. What would you like? I have both to offer you. Yeah, but they don't usually play the dub the dub side first, you know? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Just making this whole thing a double album is, a, is an odd choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing yeah. is, he... 
He like, didn't set out. I don't think he set out to make this record. I think this is all just. Yeah, he he. I think it was mostly. It had been a long time since I yeah. put out a record. What yeah. do I have lying around? You're, he you're, did say that it had been a while, and he didn't. I don't think he wanted to disappear from the landscape. Yeah. At the same time, though, maybe he was trying to push some people away. There's. It's, it's very complicated. Yeah. But then it, again, he also <laughs> released another album like four months later, which True. a lot of people took as sort of an apology for this album. A new Morning is great. It's a great yeah. record. But, you know, New Morning, when it was recorded, had a lot of covers in it, and all the covers yeah. disappeared because I think he well, saw got how... Man and Me on it, which is... Yeah, he saw yeah. how the uh, public reacted to his covers, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll stick to the originals for this one. Well, I think, uh, you know, part of the attraction of not necessarily doing covers, I guess, but, yeah. you know, just having covers and, and, you know, playing the covers on the album does fit that self-portrait thing as well because it's hey this is the stuff that i dig yeah Not i don't necess- listen to bob dylan i right. listen to right and apparently gordon lightfoot and the everly brothers and it's might not necessarily meant to be good no yeah and it's, it's just i i like this as awful right? as it is it still it still represents dylan yeah yeah guilty yeah. pleasures or something <laughs> yeah right 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 well shall we but that was a decent song in yeah. anyway yeah so let's go on to something that's fully, quote-unquote, written by Bob Dylan, as opposed to a cover. Wookie Boogie. what he likes to do but why is he making us listen to it right <laughs> good point very good point why did it does it belong on this record yeah they're just warming up with right i think they're just yeah. warming up the tapes yeah in the just, studio and they're yeah, rolling loosening tape. their fingers and yeah and this this song would definitely be one of those that represent sort of like if y'all are going to bootleg me then i'll i'll, I'll do that here i'll, I'll give you, you some it. weird stuff or this would be the like the song that the band plays before the, the front man comes out Exactly. Hey, give, so, you, give a warm welcome for Bob Dylan, everybody. Come on out. One. Hello, St. Louis. Back like seven, ten years ago, Bob put out in his ever-increasing bootleg series another self-portrait, which included dozens of songs that he cut from this record that are pretty dang good. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. There was there, there he, actually was good material. That so he, he could cut pick like from you know there's like. some you know decent very. You know, so I think he had a big hand in picking the, the songs yeah. that went on here, and he put and, this on instead. And I mean I know I have my qualms with another self portrait. It, it ignores the Nashville stuff completely. It strips down everything. It's like Let It Be Naked, where he's trying to you know retroactively say no, no, I meant to do a, a good folky album and somehow. I got brainwashed at the last minute or something, but no. no. Uh, I think this was intentional. It, clearly. No Everything one, about this seems very deliberate. No one else would have told Bob to do this. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, Bob is responsible for all of this. I yes. You know when there's like good musicians on a, an album playing yeah. stupid? Or playing sloppy on purpose? Like the Wichita train whistle? But then they do some... You know, I'm thinking guitarist stuff where somebody accidentally does some sweet picky lick in the middle of in the fast lane. You know, (laughs) it's like it's impossible to do that by by accident. That's someone who has developed those skills over a lifetime and could do them in their sleep. And so 
this this album has lots of moments like that where it's like, oh, he's playing. He's it's it's a troll. This is like this album should be called like Troller Coaster or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? He's high level fucking with us throughout. Again, you know, people who were looking for Bob Dylan to lead the way with new right. w- words and new lyrics, you know, should we be protesting? He's should we testing. be falling in love? He's testing yeah. his audience. You guys, I mean, God, you guys will like anything, won't you? This in is, a way. This is yeah. his uh, well, the process of right. reading out. <laughs> he was, yeah, but this was his test. I don't know. He puts out another Sinatra album. He, he uh, might finally lose us all. Uh, the only album worse than this, I was going to save this for my final comment later, but is Christmas from the Heart. Oh, Sorry. you don't like I that? Can, I cannot stand it. Oh my gosh! I just yeah. I, I, dis- I despise Christmas music. I I'll like to do that another album. episode for that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the I gave it to my mother in law for Christmas, and it was like like because she loves that Christmas music stuff, and and it's like it is like the gem amidst all of the. Well, it is yeah. again. Which it might, is which very be, which very sincere. You, some people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, so, so, uh, I pretend just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like this well, album. Well, I would like to do to. that for Christmas music in general. But yeah. uh, you uh, just reminded me of something that that fits in with this well, and that's uh, there's a fantastic Tab Falco Christmas album that came out a year or two ago, and it really reminds me a lot of this this album and the Bob's fake crooner or sincere crooner question right. mark thing. This is like a caricature of musical styles in. Not a satirical way necessarily, but it's wrong-headed he, sincerity. He's he's amped up certain elements of of certain styles to a absurd. But this could, sort could of this level. be one of the albums that helps cement his idea that he could literally just do anything and it didn't matter. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe like I said, this is a test for him and his audience in a yeah, way. Yeah, you you don't want to like, debut with an album like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. his career is over. Yeah, would, I agree. If this were the first and only Bob, it would have been the only one. <laughs> if it was his first, album. and then it would have been yeah. regarded like, who was this Bob Dylan guy? It'd be like, he was, yeah, we make him all searching for Bob yeah, Dylan. Yeah, searching for Bob Dylan. Well, shall we go on to Belle Isle, another old traditional folk tune? Down by the banks of Loch Erin, where beauty and pleasure were known. I spied a fair maid at her labor, which caused me to stay for a while. Thought of her goddess of beauty, the blooming bright star of Bright Isle. Now this is the track I think T Rex or you know Mark Bowen yeah. like commented on, which is the incredible tune. And Fair maiden, where do you belong? You from I mean it sounds like an Andy Williams tune, really. His vocal delivery and the recording of his vocals doesn't Not at all. But it's also ahead of his time, like you're saying. This is ends up what he's doing later in his career, the crooner thing. This is the stuff he's visiting now with good production, yeah. with good musicians, doing it right. And here's kind of a sloppy, early sort of look at what Bob Dylan can be at some point later in his career. This is a bootleg secret track. You're filling out <laughs> yeah. the last side. Or of maybe the, maybe that's just, you know, like I was saying, maybe it's just the photograph with the bad lighting. Stuff, obviously. Yeah. Right? He obviously you know? likes this kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, and that and you mentioned yeah, T Rex or Tyrannosaurus Rex as they were they were known at the time, right? Uh, Mark Bowen was a folk guy in the you know, 
know, before um, Bang and Gong and all that, um, a folky guy in England, and yeah, apparently he, he got pretty butthurt that people didn't like this album. Some people have. I mean, I remember a review from sadly disgraced Ryan Adams a couple years ago where, like, aren't you afraid that one day you're going to put out your self-portrait and really go downhill? It's like, are you kidding? Self-portrait's a great album. Everyone should listen to Self-Portrait. Ryan Adams, not Brian Adams. Ryan, yeah. The, uh, I can't keep them straight. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> which one's which, you know? <laughs> one's Canadian. That's like a, does it matter? Does it matter? <laughs> that is a good well, question. I probably put out way too many self-portraits in text form. Than, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, much rather have a self-portrait than a dick pic. I've, I've uh, lived my whole life not being able to get those guys, those two straight. Which one is which? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mostly know fine. Ryan Adams because he's the one who gets all butt hurt when you joke around and ask him to play Summer of 69. He's like, oh, I'm he not went that paid somebody in the audience once gave him their money back because they requested <laughs> yeah. it. So that's why I've... Yeah. So even before... That was awesome, though. I'd yeah. totally do that. That's funny yeah. to me. He should do that. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> well, shall we go on to another song yeah. that is technically written by him, but really is such a rip-off yeah, of singing the blues that... Yeah. Yeah, well, Bob, was, Bob did that a lot, though. Yeah, he still has, and he admits issues it. You know, yeah. if, if you ever listen to his radio show, he always fully admitted that, like, I took this from here, yeah. took this from this. That is the tradition of yeah. songwriting, That's honestly. That's what he does. He's the American yeah. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's true. That is what it is. But it does raise issues with copyright infringement. It does when you put your name as the songwriter and don't exactly. lend credit to where you got it. Um, without you. have to go far to know where you are strangers all give me the news i've been living the blues every night without you hey dewey since you're the the dylan expert what can you tell me about the the letterman performance with the plugs backing him up I, don't, I must have missed that one. When was I was that? in the eighties. That so that. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget what those guys' names are, but you know that song they did. Uh, not off the top. Joker the, Man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that one actually. Yeah. That's, that's really the, good. That's the yeah, plugs. Yeah. That's right. And so he was hanging out story, with a lot of punk bands. He, he back was getting this. ready to do the the tour with the Dead, but then or was just pre Petty or post Petty? Because he was experimenting with having a lot of different background bands at the time. Because he was living out in L.A., right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, re- I read that he was getting he was he was rehearsing with the Dead, getting ready to go out on tour with right. them, and then just up and vanished one day, and popped up with these these other three guys backing him up somewhere and, and did some stuff, stuff like and that. that was the Punk that was the plugs, which yeah, is I don't know awesome. But there are more. There are better experts out there. Than <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. That, that one. one but I do know a lot about the Petty getting together with Petty, and then he wanted them. He wanted the Heartbreakers to be his final. You know, just like be my band from now on. Yeah. But uh, it's a good fit. Yeah. I thought they were actually. I thought it was one of the best matchups ever. This was the Australian tour they did. And that concert was really phenomenal. Yeah. If you can find Heart Handle on VHS, I recommend. It. Yes, it's fantastic. But you having Tom Petty as a side guy. Yeah. And he did it great as a side guy. Yeah. Even the Johnny Cash. Record, like he, he stole the Hawks from Ronnie Hawkins. He was yeah, trying yeah. to well, trying to band. steal. A, Dylan was the guy who invented all a, that stuff. I'm going to use your band, and we'll do you know yeah. do his thing. So again, the here we have Bob just being experimental as possible, always trying to not fit in that square peg, yeah. that ever, a square hole. You know that yeah. whichever that one. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. And again, this album. There we go. Yeah. Apparently, this song was covered by the uh, 
recently departed Leon Redbone, which uh, seems huh. appropriate for this song. Since you've been gone, I've been oh, walking yeah. along. credit Dylan as the songwriter? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he's saying living the blues instead of singing the blues. Right. So, you know, technically. I did that mistake, like... I made an honest mistake of, so I did this J.J. Kale tribute album where I did yeah. all the songs myself, 16 J.J. Kale songs, and I licensed everything through Kale, you know, and his mm-hmm. management and all the different publishing companies he had. And I didn't realize, I actually didn't know it, but there's a song of his called Mama Don't. I didn't know that was a song from the 40s that he actually didn't even write, but he's credited as a songwriter because of the words he put in there. Yeah. But he got the royalties for it, of course. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's some gray areas with yeah. songwriting. Copyright and some, issues are yeah. a, a sticky business. I'm, you know. Well, you know, if a copyright runs out and then you add an extra verse, I suppose you'd get all the royalties. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that Fleetwood Mac, didn't, you know, Becca add a verse to her dad's song in order oh, right. to, yeah, yeah, in order to get yeah. some royalties out, you know. I think you have to credit the original songwriter, though. Yeah, if, I mean, she was added to it. But, Old yeah. Crow Medicine Show, you know, with the Bob Dylan, the Wagon Wheel yeah, song is a perfect example. They actually, all the royalties go to, well, the songwriting royalties go to Bob, even yeah. though he didn't write the verses. But Yeah, well, and the, then there's that... Uh, Katie Lang song that the Rolling Stones accidentally copied, and then we're like, okay, fine, we'll just add Kate Jagger Richards Lang. Eh, yeah, just do as long as you're not doing like that. Who was it? Sam Smith was that the guy? Oh yeah, the, the, the guy Patty. who yeah, yeah did I won't back down. As just different words, yeah, and a different key or something. Anyway, yeah. Well, going off track. Moving on. Speaking of uh, different words, oh um, boy, like a Rolling Stone, kinda. <laughs> upon the time you dress the fine through the bums of time in your prime didn't you hey, because if you were to die you're bound to fall you thought they were all kidding you this is a disappointing live track to put on here. I think it doesn't sound anything like a Rolling Stone, other than you know. You it's not a reinvention, yeah, and it's I, not a, yeah. a copy. To me, to me, this this um, you know, haven't seen Bob live. See, see, I, I'm in disagreement here. I think this cool. is a good representation of Bob Dylan playing live. Yeah, yeah. I think this is what they sound like, and yeah. I think that's what the band sounds. Yeah, like. I don't disagree with that. I just don't yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can, I can see I think that. What, what, they right. could have picked a better version, yeah. maybe if there was a better version. I well, guess I would say, I would say I, I, it only know, played yeah. live like two times. True, true. So. And it, it, but maybe it's listen- the novelty of playing Isle of Wight festival. Let's put a track from that festival on here. Yeah, he's and trying all, to circumvent the, the bootleggers. Or yeah. yeah, I guess I, I guess I don't disagree with you because yeah, I have I don't really like it either. I've seen uh, it, but, live but I do, as but well. I do appreciate the fact that, that this yeah. this Again. look. I, I think most people don't have. I really believe this. I think most people don't have any idea what a rock band actually sounds like. But what does yeah. it belong on this like record, a, too? Well, I mean, even it? if you listen to a bootleg of <laughs> that comes entire out of Isle of Blue. White. It is so out of place. And there's yeah. a crowd all of a sudden, and you're like, what is... Where, this this is isn't a live album, just a live cut, and, you know... <laughs> it's not even listed, really, as a live one, so you buy it, yeah. you know... I mean, if you're a new... Dylan fan, you're like, well, what album has like a Rolling Stone on? And you're like, oh, it's on Self Portrait. I should buy this album. No, burned. Yeah. So there. What, what was, was the intention behind putting this on there? It's yeah. weird. Was it marketing? Yeah, that's a good. They, idea. they had yeah. it. Maybe or because of the it, song title. And all that. Maybe. I've seen him live, and the one time, well, one time I've seen Bob Dylan live, and 
about a third of the audience was really pissed off that oh, they were like, happens. sing the sing the song like on the album. Oh, and it never sounds you know, like it does on the album. I appreciate uh, that yeah. about him more than any other artist uh, that he can do that. I don't know that this is the finest example of that, but I love the way he reinvents his own songs when he does them well. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll I put think that this caveat is almost, on the yeah, end. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sing it the same yeah. way as the album that's 60 years ago or yeah. something. I think it's my, like, my, you sing it yeah. like this. You can you can get into this or you can this is like go screw. Two like, or three years after. That's my objection. Yeah. My objection to this one is actually is it, it, it sounds too much like the album. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Redone it's not it different completely enough. like yeah, 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 as yeah. an actual skyline track right. than it would as this a country is, sound. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was intentionally changing the lyrics, you know. Yeah. But it sounds more like he just kind of forgot them. Forgot them. Yeah, right. I just don't think it's a great performance. It's <laughs> yeah. like I would have been like, well, he hadn't I don't played live this. in a long time. But then again, the self-portrait again, you know, it's like it's like that photograph in the bad lighting, right? He's he's like, Words hey, hey, I'm hey, not perfect. You know, definitely not perfect. And maybe that was part of the intent was I'm going to put out my imperfections as a record, and this is the band. Yeah, this yeah, is the band back. Man, they're a badass. They can be. Oh yeah, the band is. is but Bob sabotaging them on stage. Oh, all absolutely, the time. and that and even in the song of the of the <laughs> live stuff, of the classic live stuff with the band, or I mean even other badass live bands with Bob's uh, throughout history. It's the push and pull of him fucking with the band. Well, I got to okay, so I got to tell you a quick little anecdote story here about myself and Bob Dylan. The first time I ever saw him live, I was when I was working for Bill Graham in San Francisco, and they had me come up and, um, you know, I was mostly doing stagehand stuff, and they, they asked me to if I would go on a two-week run with Dylan and sell merchandise at the shows. And I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds great. But I was not a fan at the time. I was more of a deadhead, you know. And at the show, I got to stand by the side of the stage and watch him perform with the band for a while, and it was the first night of the tour, and the entire band looked like they were being beaten the crap out of with every song was that Dylan would just not even really look at them he'd start songs in odd keys you'd see the guys yeah what's going on they just all looked completely frazzled and out of their minds and at the end of the night when they all came off stage they were they looked, looked like they'd been in a war <laughs> yeah. you know like what just happened we're all, you know like how do we play with this guy kind of thing but by the end of the two-week run at the Warfield in San Francisco this is like 92 you know spring tour or something like that they were phenomenal, yeah. and they and that's what won me over. And I've been a Bob Dylan fan since. Well, they but could read I, his mind. By they the finally end of that started thing. gelling, yeah. and so there were nights where it was so magical and so on. But most of them weren't that great. But he just didn't care, and even on stage, he wouldn't care. He's just like, play what you're gonna play. Yeah. You know, we're either gonna get get it all together at some point, or we're not. And I and I don't think he was bothered by it either way. Well, so that. That doesn't help support this song being <laughs> no, on here. No, just this a personal is, story. This, this is this is not a no no no. But yeah. I mean that that aspect of of Bob. But and he his did that with bands. the band. He did it with everybody. The Dead. Well, Tom they, Betty. You know all of somewhere it. Somewhere they have in the can a recording of a fantastic performance where they're reading each other's minds. The and, Australian and shooting, show that shooting we were from the hip and just, just killing it. And that maybe should have been on here instead oh, of this. Yeah. On, from these, yeah, I don't know if I've seen the whole Isle of Wight performance or not or if i've or if i've heard it all I there's mean, some good performances on there it's yeah. it's i mean some of like the john wesley harding stuff is really good the miles davis uh it's like the bitches brew band at that isle white there's a whole concert movie that's just their right. set that's fantastic yeah i have whites had some good stuff that's happened there but um that was that song wasn't one of them <laughs> well shall we move on to one of the songs that oddly enough is like 
one of the few that Dylan fans like on this album. So that closed out side two. Yeah. So you, you, you're now done with record one. You're going to start record two with Copper Kettle. And you will look like you've been through a war after you've, you've listened to bo- <laughs> both records of this yeah. thing. Confused. Shell, shell shocked. And you're definitely going to be confused. <laughs> like, I never heard Dylan like this. You just lay there by the juniper While the moon is bright Watch them jugs of filling In the pale moonlight Well, this is a whole song about him making whiskey, and ironically, he now does make whiskey. There's... Heaven's Door whiskey yeah. you can purchase from Bob Dylan. Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Door, Heaven's Door. Heaven's door. I'm gonna start Heaven's Gate whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be a little scary. One sip is all you need. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be more like Kool Aid or Flavor Aid, but uh, comes with a jumpsuit. Takes three and a half hours to drink. Mm. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It's again, it reminds me of the Belle Isle song earlier, yeah. and it's like it's, there are certain songs that do match up on this album, but would be different albums, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, you could. Like, you know, put together a single disc Rearrange of just it. like your favorite stuff, and it would be very consistent. But he is fighting consistency with every turn. But he's not here. even doing. He could have done that with sides. You know, yeah, he could have, he could each have, side could have been more thematic. Yeah, one side of not. live stuff, one side of yeah. country stuff, one side of this cult. But no, he is he is trying to discombobulate you at every possible moment. You're gonna see me when I first get out of bed in the morning. Indeed, I have not brushed my teeth. I haven't combed Which, my hair. That's the psychedelic element for me of the record. That it is like a oh, trip. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden you turn a corner, and now you're, you have a new experience. Oh, and then you're back to this experience, and then here, oh, we're going up and down. You know, that we're part of it to me is psychedelic. Jumping non-linear. Correct. It's trippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, Groovy. And that, I don't know about. In that trippy, respect, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. No lights or, or uh, lava lamps, but um, I yeah. mean echoes and lava lamps. But um. it reminds me of the of the movies about around that time, the late '60s, when Hollywood was trying to capitalize on the psychedelic era, and they're making these really like there was that one with Ringo Starr and all these oh, famous people, and it was two thousand motels. There was oh, a, no, the, I mean, two hundred motels. Two hundred motels. It was one name of thousands. Motels was the sequel. Candy <laughs> or candy. candy, candy. That's that one, one thing. Yeah, of. he plays a Mexican gardener. Mm. And that is a very strange. This album reminds yeah. me of that movie. Yeah, well, Easy Rider made a lot of money, and Hollywood's like, well, we'll just at least that give, was a consistent. Yeah, sort of we'll theme just give hippies hundred thousand dollars and let them do yeah. whatever it's they the want. And there's a lot of. Movies that sort of came out of that period, the last. That's movie why I'm wondering how much drugs Dennis played a role in this yeah. select picture. You know, like this. I mean, he I'm claims to sort of went off drugs when he, you know, hit well, the wall with the motorcycle. But um, well, didn't he say that he's in upstate New York yeah. hanging out with a band and all these guys? I was going to say, I, if you listen to the basement tapes, that's he clearly was probably not microdosing true. before microdosing was. In a one thing. of the comments about this album, he he did make the comment. He said like everyone thought I was doing acid, and, oh, yeah. and he made it like, no, I'm not. Or, you yeah. know, or at least um, it's in the water up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's uh, yeah. But and, did and, he and make that way, comment trying to say that like you know in. Uh, 
What was I trying to say? Is did he put it together trying to sort of mock that idea? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you, you just never know with him. But right. but I can see. But I, I the way I read it is, you know, okay, there you are living in the country in upstate New York, and you're trying to you know um, make dinner. Yeah. And play with your dogs and, you know, whatever, mow the back 40, whatever the hell he's doing up there. And then you have these hippies up there, you know, roaming up there, you know. All Literally on, putting a music festival in your backyard, right, hoping right. they'll show up. All drugged all drug, all drug please, down. Please and, insert and, and, you know, a, a particular South Park sound looking, clip yeah, here, yeah, Matt. Looking, <laughs> looking for wisdom, you yes. know. And, and I could see that, that he'd be like, no, it's like. Here's my gym neighbor voice. Go chew on this. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, I, I believe that I believe Dylan in these quotes, even though it's, it's contradictory. But I think humans are contradictory. I think all it's a complicated. That's yeah. why this album is complicated. Well, he facets. uses language in a in a sometimes a odd way. So you true. Have to, yeah. But it's like part of that could have been self sabotage. It could have been self sabotage as opposed to self portrait. Yeah. As a title. Yeah. But, it's a good title. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we got to travel on. Yeah. Done laid around, done stayed around This old town too long Summer's almost gone Winter's coming on Done laid around, done stayed around This old town too long And it seems like I've gotta travel on And it seems like I've gotta travel on it's the Bromberg on the Dobro. It might be, yeah. This is another is New York track that got overdubbed. And there's Pete Drake on steel guitar. He could be on this. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's on something, definitely. Probably the Nashville tracks. Johnny can't come home. Johnny's been out on the road. Oh, yeah. One of the best. So who wrote this song? That's uh, by Paul Clayton, Larry Eric, Dave Lazar, and Tom Six. So it's... Pin Pan Alley people. Maybe a country song. I don't know. Maybe country. Yeah, probably was. Yeah, that that is the era. Paul Clayton died. Another, you know, again, if this had been paired with like Days of 49, they were Tin Pan Alley songwriters. A little less demo-y. This one seems a little more. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is. I was waiting for us to get back to some gut bucket kind of rock and roll shit, or folksy shit. This one is yeah. funky too. To, yeah. to, to mention, funk. The, this album really reminds me of uh, uh, Neil Young's "On the Beach." Or this song actually could have been uh, included in "Blonde on Blonde." It has yeah. that feel to it a little bit. Yeah, well, a lot of the same Nashville session right. guys, you know, he used. Well, and the rhythm, the rhythm, like you're saying, the country funk, it, it does have, you know. It sounds to me like stuff that Waylon Jennings would do a few years later. Yeah. But just when you think, you know, you're back to normality, we have the next few tracks that are... It's like the Monty Python, and now for something completely different again. Blue Moon. But without the clever segue. (laughs) Blue Moon, you saw me standing alone Without a dream in my heart without a love of my own. I think originally when he was going to put out that Nashville album, he was going to be called Blue Moon. I think like Roger McGuinn or something said that. 
You heard me say This is him trying to take this stuff seriously way before he ended up taking it seriously. Yeah, and probably way before he was able to take it seriously. Right. It, it makes more sense for, you know, a 78-year-old guy to be singing this than, you know, 32-year-old barely off of amphetamines Dylan. <laughs> right on. There yeah, it is. No, this I, is cool. I think yeah. he was on meth for most of his records. Yeah, yeah, like a... I can see this on amphetamines. If he was doing psychedelics, that would scare me. Yeah, amphetamines make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was his more drug du jour, wasn't it? Painkillers from the motorcycle accident. Yeah. He was hooked on those. Definitely. Who knows? This this is cool. This is like punk rock Sinatra. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Gutter punk Sinatra. (laughs) Punk rock Sinatra. There's a band in uh, Portugal. I saw it when I was touring Europe. I saw a poster, and they were like a punk rock Sinatra cover band. I don't remember the name of them. They were. I was trying to remember. It was really cool, though. <laughs> I I'd be impressed awesome. by that. The Rat Pack Patrol. The Rat Pack. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> well, just when you think you know yeah. what you're getting. Just when you thought. We're getting things couldn't again. get weirder. Then they do. I am just a poor boy, though my story seldom told. I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such as promises. All lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. La la la, la la la, la la la. Yeah, a lot of people assume that Dylan hated Paul Simon because this was so bad. But I saw Dylan with Paul Simon, and they did this song, so... He was clearly trying to do it. What's happening with the vocals, Eric? Is, there, is he doubling himself? Yeah, he yeah, dumped himself. That's what I was thinking. One is in the uh, usual voice, and one right. is in the Jim Neighbors voice. He's trying to do Simon M. Garfunkel? Yes. And do you think he listened to playback from the... the <laughs> he may not. I don't think he listened to playback yeah. on any of this stuff. But I think this is the first overdub he had ever they, done in his life. Did they do the the uh, uh, beef art trick where the producer pushed his head towards the microphone when it was Sing time now. to start singing? This is this is the one song where the stereo painting really bumps me out because I would like to be able to hear the two Dylans separately, oh, but the, they are both the, like the right on top panned. of it. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, so yeah. that way you can There's a lot of ideas that were overlooked. I, on I this think production. that would make you seasick if it was hard panned. I would like. I, I would like. To hear I'd like to hear it. it. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious as to what it would sound like. But, but yeah. this is the strangest version of the boxer out there. I yeah, I mean it's very. Relax. Maybe if Nine Inch Nails did a cover of it. Makes me like, why this tune? Yeah, I was gonna say, if you were, (laughs) if he was a a Simon and Garfunkel fan, which apparently he was, why of all the songs is this one? Or did they pick? You know, was this one of those picks where it was like, let's let's put this title on here and it'll help sell it? But I don't think that he needed any help selling. No, he just puts Bob Dylan's name on it. He's fine. From the sounds of it, he just bought a bunch of those old. You know, sing out magazines that have like right. songs in it, and this was just right. yeah. Hey, let's do this one. <laughs> throwing everything yeah. at the wall, and it Wasn't was just there the next a rumor one. that Paul Simon wrote this about Bob Dylan. That that has been speculated, and he's not quite denied it, but um, maybe he's taken so it. This back is owed oh, to do, you know, pay it, you know, pay it back, I guess, yeah. or something. Well, let this be a lesson to you, yeah. uh, uh, weird music people. You can't out weird Bob. <laughs> 
don't try. <laughs> and he, and the, the production, no, he's not like point. trying to copy you will, you will the lose. Simon Garfunkel with that all that you know giant drum sound and the the right you know epicness of it. He makes it very small scaled, very not intimate, but just small. <laughs> it's. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album, though, just because it is like strange. Yeah, you, it, yeah, it is the essence of self-portrait. It's like everything you don't think you want from Bob Dylan in your face yeah, all the time. I was just time. gonna say this is this well, is this is the most I don't want. Yes, the songs on this that are uh, sort of weird in origin, whether they're old as hell, yeah, um, uh, traditional Americana stuff or, or country songs, actually fly. It, they, they've given them a, like a country funk kind of tune up and they, they really are awesome. And then the covers that he does that are, uh, very, contemporary. very, yeah, contemporary and, and should be very serious. They, they sound like drunken karaoke. Well, again, it's demo ish. It's, yeah. To me, it sounds like a demo. Okay. Hey, Here's we my demo of the boxer. This is, we Jam, just learned the song. Oh, Let's well, you just it. did. Let's put it on the record. No, yeah. no, no, but did no. Bob this ever even do should... demos? This Not, is it, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought he just recorded stuff and do it again. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't good enough, he this didn't release it. Right? I think that's yeah. what we're hearing here yeah. a lot is the, you know, that, that we were talking earlier about. You like the fact that it's rough and you know, this Raw. side of it. Yeah. This, this this is that the demo quality is here. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It sounds like yeah, it is like demos, bootlegs. Well, maybe that's what he's going for. Great White Wonder. He wants his own Great White Wonder. Yeah, his own bootleg thing out at the time. And that might have backfired, too, for the people that took it seriously. Who knows what he's thinking. <laughs> but we'll do another song that... Another good lesson from Bob. Don't take things too seriously. Yeah, Indeed. yeah true. It's It'll worked out well for him. Back to the Isle of Wight. Others jotting down notes Everybody's in despair Every girl and boy But when Queen the Eskimo gets here This is a song that, you know, he wrote, but he had not released. He never put out his own good version of this song. No, it was done during the basement tape sessions, and yeah. Manfred Mann had a hit with it, so, but this is... Maybe it's one of his best songs, huh? Yeah. Maybe he's trying to cash in on that, but maybe. not this version. If he's trying to cash in, he clearly has no idea what the audience wants from him. Yeah, because he's there's no... But the album trying. sold, though, right? The album sold, but yeah, it, it earned him a lot of... This was number one album in uh, in UK. Yeah. Again, you got the the band. That's the UK. Yeah, doing the best they can to keep up and. Goddamn, Levon and 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 Rick are badass. Like they're the kings of being tight and sloppy at the same time. Yeah. And Robbie, when he goes into his solo, there's like some guitar feedback right on there. Right, so we're dealing with a rough two-track mix probably of yeah. the show. Why pick know. this song? Well, they might have multi-tracked this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you said it was board tapes, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I bet it was two-track. Two track. Yeah. 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 Any of our phones currently blows that out of the water as far as fidelity. Technology, yeah. You know, it's a good song. It's, it's like, a... 
goofy performance. It's a it's a great song, I, I, and it lends to yeah. this psychedelic por- you know, picture of this record too. You know, it's to me, to, to me, I, I, like, why is it on here? I, yeah, exactly, why is it on there? I mean, I, 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 the part about this I love is I really could imagine. Uh, you know, be in there. This has yeah. got to be what it sounded like. Yeah, you know it's I mean? not you know, gussied like, up or, or fake at all. This is well, so right, right, right. everything on this like album the- has a very like intimate kind of quality to it. Where mm-hmm. whether it's something that he might regard as a, a really good performance or really slop, it's like nope, warts and all. Yeah, this day is in real. the life. Yeah, day in the life. Yeah, nothing edited. It could have been having a good subtitle: self-portrait warts, warts and all. Yeah. There's a lot of warts there. Yeah. Bob, you might want to get some of the fungal removed. But it's kind of a shame yeah. that he never did a proper recording of the Mighty Quinn. Yeah. I mean, the, but the, enough other people the basement have. tapes a good, is a pretty yeah. good one. and But, you know, it's about as rough and sloppy as right. this one. But, well, shall we go from rough and sloppy to overproduced? And, uh, Which is the theme here is take me as I am or let, let me go. Why must you always? Try to make me over Take me as I am Or let me go White lilies never grow On stalks of clover This is the last track of side three. It's track three. So if you've take, made it this far, you've taken Bob as he is. Let me go. Do all the songs end on a country tune? I mean, all the sides, I mean? No, because we have that live one, like a Rolling right. Stone. Yeah, they, they all two. just in. I don't think he put a lot of thought into it. So there is no... No, or he did put a lot of thought into it, and I don't understand the pattern. It's not a pattern, it's just, yeah. And as you were suggesting before it was blacked out this would have been a good opener for the whole album yeah. message wise yeah it's it's the motto it's the mission statement is this what george jones would sound like if he was sober he would be like really <laughs> shitty at singing and just kind of sound sort of drunk and meandering or dean martin yeah <laughs> yeah there's the, <laughs> there's a loungy quality to this yeah, yeah it is very sort of ramada in yeah. oh, i'd love murph the, sad, and the murph tones sad bastard country <laughs> is fantastic stuff yeah. Yeah, again, who knows why this one's here. I mean, th- this you makes more sense than a lot of songs because it does sort of stay what the album is. It's I'm a, a weird, random person, and you got to deal with it. It's back to that, uh, the country theme. Pete that, Drake. It's Yeah, it's almost like there are these three or four concepts happening. They are just cut up. And, yeah, and they don't go back to back. I think that part's intentional. Yeah, the definitely. Of it. I mean, he could have released the country album and then released the the or Nashville like, or the, the countryside, the Crooner album, or yeah, anything. But yeah, yeah the um, yeah, so the instrumental album. He's yeah. he's never had an instrumental album, has he? There, there's the Pat Garrett and the Billy the Kid has a lot of instrumentals on it because it's a soundtrack. Right, but they're right. still like, well, Billy. Repeated three or four times and then knocking on heaven's door. So, but and the infamous wagon wheel. Yeah, there was an outtake that he didn't quite finish, and right. now is a big hit for one of the Hootie. biggest songs in the world. All right, shall we now go on to side four, the final side? Yes. Why the hell not? 
We're we're down to the home stretch. Let's take a message to Mary. I like this next song. Yeah. Again, Everly Brothers territory. Yeah, absolutely. Take a message to Mary But don't tell her where I am Take a message to Mary This does feel more like a, you know, lyrically of like a folk tune than an old Go back to that Spanish song. flamenco. A lot of the um, national tracks have that on there. It's like cowboy know, music. But, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Marty Robbins sort of Spaghetti shit. Western. Yeah. yeah. You can see that storytelling. Yeah, yeah, that is, it, it feels like an old folk tune, even though it is by, you know, Bryant and Bryant. Well, isn't Bob's kind of original thing uh, deconstruction of, of, of folk tunes? I think he was a genuine, well, perhaps that's a good way to put it. I think he was, he appreciated folk yeah, tunes yeah, oh, yeah, he, in yeah. a deep way. So, yeah, I think he did. I think he kind of tore in, them apart. In the, in the same way that some of them, like, his own. call him back to a recent episode, this, the same way that, like, Jeff Beck isn't necessarily his guitar playing's not like uh, um, canonical blues guitar right. playing, but he knows every last note of the the you know source material right, and, and right. loves it. Dylan and then is he a, incorporates that. I think Dylan kind of does the same thing with, a very, with the old folky shit. Yeah, he's a very stubborn nonconformist. Yeah, yes. and it just comes across in everything he does. But I, I think he does he love but that where gives he's you coming permission. from. Yeah, you know, as an artist, you see someone like that do it, and then you have permission to do the same. You know, or follow in those footsteps. I mean, he's trying to shit the bed when he's like the most famous dude out there. Like that's awesome. Like deliberately trying to like you know cr- crash the ship. When when people are just like hanging on his every word, like that's pretty rock and roll. It's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. That's that's punk rock, right? Yeah, there. yeah, it is. Did uh, he had a? This might have been a S- Starbucks special or something. Yeah. But I, I <laughs> they he, do he, sell he, a lot of compact had, discs, yeah, Matt. <laughs> he had some. He had some album that that wasn't him. It was just he selected the songs. Yeah, the songwriter's choice or something. There, right, there right, was yeah, yeah. A two or three that that. Starbucks put out. I don't remember what was on there, but yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm kind of curious now to see. And it may just be the originals of all of these songs, right? Right. <laughs> I, I built a playlist in Spotify that was all just the original versions of all these songs, so you would hear like the Andrews Sisters butting up against Woody Guthrie, butting up against you know, right, Hank Williams or whatever. It's it's an odd list. Strange. Yeah. Hmm. But shall well, we go welcome on? Welcome to the mind of Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I don't know. Better than the hair of Bob Dylan, I guess. Run here, baby. On amphetamines, we decided. Yeah. Put your little hands in mine. I've got something. It hurts me too. So, so it's not just us suffering me. through this album. So <laughs> wrong with you. Now he's he's trying to do a crooner thing with this old blues song here. Yeah, though. that's it. What he was going for, for whatever reason. I mean, this is like the least overdubbed of the uh, just New York's tracks. So if you listen to another self-portrait, it's mostly sounds like this. The, you know, the crooning doesn't fit the arrangement. No. Nothing. I don't. This nothing song fits just, anything. Yeah. Who wrote this song, or is it a traditional? I thought it's it was a Hank uh, Williams or by Elmore like James. Elmore James. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Although I, was like, I think I, saying, he I know I have this on an album somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think it's credited to Trad 
arranged Bob Dylan because he he's not real picky about that kind of stuff. He does that a lot. I mean, his 93 album "Good as I've Been to You" is almost nothing but erroneously copyrighted folk tunes. It hurts me too. It's, it's fine. I don't know if I could do a whole album of this, but you know, it's a nice bring down this, after two of the it national cements, tracks. Even though we, the theme we've been talking about the whole album, but it definitely cements the word eclectic. Yeah. For this record, having something like that now appear, it just yeah. This is a very eclectic record. Yeah, that's that's the best yeah, word for that's, it. That's the word. So the secret word of the day. Yeah. And sp- <laughs> <laughs> so back to August 31st, 1969 at the Isle of Wight Another song that he had not released and In fact, hadn't really finished writing During the basement tapes And it didn't come out until the complete basement tapes a couple years ago So why this song of all songs? Minstrel Boy And this is a Bob Dylan original, yes. right? gonna throw that minstrel boy a coin who's gonna let it roll who's gonna throw that minstrel boy a coin who's gonna let it down easy to I mean, it's going for that same country funk thing as Days of 49, but isn't quite... Right, that intro doesn't fit. The timing is all weird. It's a little too slow or something. But it's not like this is a famous song. So why would you do the live version of this? This might be my second favorite song. There you go. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is, this is everyone can pick their own favorites from this album, and there won't be a lot of crossover. Because no, I, yeah. I, I don't know why that that uh, that it speaks that, to you. Those that those vocal harmonies at the beginning yeah. they are they are beautifully wrong. Yeah, I, uh, well, it's it's the group sing along. Yeah. yeah, I brought this up recently, where uh, in a recording many years ago. I, we wanted to do the, the punk rock, you know, shout along or yeah. kind of chorus. gang chorus. And uh, a bunch of us got real serious and got into a room and, and and all shouted into a microphone and then came back into the control room to listen to it. It sounded just fucking hilarious. Like, that is not as easy to do as you think it is. Yeah. The, do you the, think the drunken kind of chorus. Of, when they picked, when he or whoever picked this song to go on here, they actually thought that it was beautifully wrong. I I or, do not know. I mean, or that it was well, back right. to what you were saying. Yeah, they were yeah. letting Bob get away with murder because he was Bob. It is it is so hard to tell if, if he if he was like okay what is that's what why it's hard to take this album seriously from from this concert. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, yeah. or is it just or or maybe he just heard something like wow yeah. is that strange I want to you know, yeah I've never done anything that this. odd before or, or, or it could be also that other oh, thing we'll it's like know. like here's a giant blemish of me look at it yes here is me with yeah. a wart right right, you right know, the, so, so it's, it's big zit in the middle of my you nose just, you just don't know but but it's like why would anyone release this? And I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just glad he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, you know, no if it just like... been a live track in the middle of a live album, you'd be like, yeah. How many albums I are there? I would probably hated it out there at the time with your, your heroes 
sounding Speaking like shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think he might be a, a bit of a trailblazer. I mean, I let mean, it on, be on, came on purpose. Out shortly thereafter, yeah, that's that might one be. of his statements: is that he was intentionally doing this bad. But man, this is more this is more tonight's the night than on the beach. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> tonight is not the night. <laughs> the reason I, I held off on bringing that that one that comparison up is because that one famously goes from kind of together to just falling the fuck apart across the in a linear fashion and this is chopped up all over the place in the entire dylan catalog if i go to give anybody a glimpse of any part of bob dylan i've never once and probably never will think to go to this record for well the thing is if you want to know bob <laughs> dylan's music this is the worst place to start yeah but if you absolutely. were actually going on like say a dinner date with bob dylan and wanted to know bob dylan the man this might be the one you give them. Cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. But um, well, in in the the weird thing is too is like I said earlier, some of these songs um, they get under my skin. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why exactly. <laughs> like a that's a great like, statement. Like, like, you know how you want um, to get that looked at. Like like you'll be you know if you if you guys do this, I don't know. But if you sing in the shower, oftentimes yeah. you don't know why you're singing the song you're singing. It's just in this there. This song will come up, and it's like what. Who's going to the roll? It's an earwig, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's just some sort of a ear, ear, earworm. Earworm, I think, is that's what I meant. It's more like an earwig. But I'd rather have this than, you know, um, um, you know, girls just want to have fun or something. But, you know, <laughs> but, but, uh, sure. but, but, you know. Well, some of this stuff came out, you know, like it, it's. It's reminiscent of Wallflower, you know, or yeah. some of the Thanks, songs. Thanks, Matt. Are, I'm gonna have yeah. that stuck in my head. When I, take I, I can't remember any of these songs. Honestly, I don't want to hum any of them when yeah, I'm done yeah. listening to this record. It's like I, well, you, I, I want to take a shower. I was actually, say, I don't want <laughs> you. I don't want to. It just happens. There's a reason you can't remember them. It's because the next song after them is so unrelated and yeah. disconnected from it. what came. Before. That's the thing. It's very fascinating about this album. Is I'm there's a smattering of tunes all over that I'm, these are fantastic. I love, that's great. Even if it's a famous, uh, Dylan tune that exists elsewhere. Better, better. Right. Uh, I, I can't help but get into it, but he's forcing you to get into it. Song by song, by song, by song, by song, get out of it. It's really difficult. As we mentioned before, it's like the, the magic eye poster or an impressionist painting or something. (laughs) In order for you to feel like the the flow through this album from start to finish, you really need to s- kind of cross your eyes and blur your vision. You know, uh, you need to you need to step way back and have it almost subliminal to to get any kind of uh, linear flow through this this crazy fucking album. <laughs> or are we just overthinking it? That's yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it's like who are those those magic. I posted it. Bob was kind of like, well, this will trip them up. Yeah. You know, let me put this out. They'll be talking about this for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of famous Dylan songs that were done better elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, we, we have four live tracks and two of them are next to each other. I, I feel like this is just random, but uh, She Belongs to Me. One of his better songs overall. Yeah. But Everything here. Why this version? Oh, it's the audience again. Matt, can we overdub some Altamont uh, crowd <laughs> sound on a, on a, a, a Altamont crowd song? would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Oh. Was, yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> he's got a gun. <laughs> I 
there's a weird effect there. Yeah, there's some weird, yeah, yeah, like flanging going on with his. Well, voice. if you see pictures, he does. He's not singing it in one mic. He's singing it like a press conference. Yeah, full so of, there's some kind of comb. Yeah, there might be some sort of yeah there. cancellation or phasing going on. Right, phase cancellation. They used to do that back in the day, so they'd have one one for the monitors yeah. and one for one the house. recording. Yeah, but it looks well, like. Well, also, yeah, because you only. I mean, they didn't have enough power, right? So, so you just run more mics so yeah. you could have a bigger PA. Yeah, you can barely see them behind, like, this sea of microphones, and he's wearing this white suit. Which, yeah, he's got his hair slicked back. It's the Isle of Wight. It's, oh, well, there you go. I didn't get that. <laughs> took it literally. He's like, yeah. Well, and he's doing this She Belongs to Me in a Country style, which I do like. I've kind of played it that way when I perform it, but uh, it, it's not really that type of song in general. But again, here's Dylan stepping out of his own box and doing his own song in a different way. Yeah, if he'd done a Nashville yeah. Skyline And maybe tour. that's what he's trying to say What's, with what, putting what it on this record. What song was this originally released on? What album was it? This is was on this uh, Bring It All Back Home. Bring It All Back Home? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, it's his first electric album. Or half electric. Yeah, half electric, yeah. I mean, it's a nice little ballad on there. It's not one of the more electric songs on the electric side, but it's it's a nice song. Yeah, but it's very of that Highway 61, Bring It All Back Home era. That yeah. It's, it's, it's classic it's, Dylan. Yeah, sure. it's one of those songs that people here who like Dylan have played a hundred times. And yeah, analyze what the, the red ring is and what the, you know, buying her a trumpet and Christmas for drums and all that symbolism so is. was this before after or during joan baez this was, was with Susie at this time yeah I think, so so was he after. wasn't yeah he wasn't with joan at this point anymore right joan was right in the beginning yeah. of his career he was still acoustic at that point so just, but this makes me think of her for some reason i can see that yeah i think he's i just looked it up he's he credited it as being a tribute to Susie. yeah but that's usually a good idea if not you're dating someone to date. Yeah. <laughs> to not to be confused with Susie Cream Cheese. No. Right. Which is from another podcast. Susie Rotolo. Yeah. Or, or Susie Homewrecker, who's just, you know, from down the <laughs> street. Shout out to Susie. We should get her on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be nuts. We could so, probably get Ellie or Kittler on yeah. here. He's yeah. kind of ahead of his time again, Yeah, in a way, by saying what he's saying by putting this version on this record. It's just not very good. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But he is ahead of his time and his thinking, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he probably knew at some point everyone's going to hear every single note I've ever played, so might as well get yeah. some of the bum ones out early. Adjust people's expectations. Accordingly, yeah. yes. Well, and the fact that this came out in 70, it makes it such a good demarcation where you can say, oh, Bob Dylan was perfect in the 60s and mm, hit or miss after. This was like the first miss he'd really had since, you know, he'd a started. Swing and a miss. If we could even call it a miss, though. Yeah, but no, it, was, it went like number one in the UK. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, commercially, it was a hit. Um, it was even gold Critically, in the US, it was right? a, at the time. I think it was a test. Yeah. He was testing his audience to see if you will anything follow he me did, anywhere. Yeah, you guys might hate me for saying this, but all of the early Bob Dylan stuff, the, the 60s stuff yeah. that is regarded as kind of perfect and sacred. Yeah. I love all that stuff. I grew up listening. It, it always has been, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's like I, the, the Roman cathedral it, or something. You, yeah. What are you going to say about it? It's been there for fucking ever. And, yeah. and it's, and it's great. I, I really like it, but some of the weirder seventies Dylan stuff is what really kind of 
Yeah, well, got, got me back in. Well, this is the turn. He's turning. Yeah, a corner this here, is the turn. Sure. This is the turn, and and I like this stuff a lot because it's something new. The the other stuff just stands right on its own as kind of this, or it's almost like a weird per- bridge in yeah. a way. Perfect like a, body of work that it's unassailable. Good point. Well, much yeah. like I prefer listening to like John Paul George and Ringo's solo albums more than the Beatles because the Beatles we, are so perfect. I I feel like well. I should just give up and never play another note again. And but, you've heard all that shit too. Yeah. Like, and it's great. You can go back and revisit it, but you're not, but you know, you no... listen to like Ringo's disco album. Like, okay, this, they're human beings. They're fallible. I can <laughs> do this. They're making <laughs> some choices. I feel better about myself <laughs> listening to like, you know, Ode to a Koala Bear by Paul McCartney. Yeah. You know, you can't fault the Beatles, but it's nice to see the human behind them. So this is Bob Dylan's solo album from being Bob Dylan. In <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In a, in a way, yes. Yeah. It's like Bob it's, Dylan's disco album. Bob Dylan broke up with himself, and this is what we got. Yeah. I think I actually do. I do think he was a mess emotionally. This album says it. It, yeah. The album's a mess. I think he's a mess. I'm all over the he's place. He's coping with the fame thing. He's coping with so much and probably copious amounts of amphetamines. Yeah. But yeah, I think this album reflects that. I had to, you know... It's a mess. Get there does seem to be to get away mess. from the time. Even those interviews with him, there's a kind of a desperate quality to what yeah. he's saying. Like, he's about to make some of the best albums of all time. Yeah. And he's kind of in the middle of doing that in a way, yeah. but... This is yeah. This is weird. A weird mess. Well, this, is this like a? I need to leave all the sixty shit behind so I can go do my. Sometimes you got to purge. Yeah, yeah. maybe this, this album's is... a purge of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was gonna say. So. <laughs> what is this shit? Well, this shit is diarrhea, yes. real. What's that stuff you drink before you get a colonoscopy? Oh yeah, self-portrait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we move on to the uh, penultimate track? Wigwam. The single. The from single. This album. Which I think says everything you need to know. This is my personal favorite song on the album. I like how you did it. Yeah. Or do it. Yeah. Did you do this yeah, one? Yeah, you actually yeah. covered this at the yeah, Dylan Yeah, I got it. I got a, an electric kazoo, which I put in a harmonica. And I'm like, you're hall. covering what? When you, <laughs> and I, I run it through an auto harmonizer and I just strum the chords on a ukulele. Da 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 da. Which Wes Anderson movie? And this is soundtrack Royal theme again. Here yeah. we are. No, seriously. Yeah, what, it's what? Royal Tannenbaum. Royal, Royal Tannenbaum. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know when Wes was born, but I have a feeling he was conceived while this was being recorded because Wes Anderson's whole career is simply is, is this song. Yeah, yeah. This song in miniature. His entire aesthetic. Yes. Yeah. Early seventies, kind of obscure. Pleasant, pastoral, yet disturbing. I mean, this is Wes I, I Anderson. Love it, actually. Yeah. yeah, this is fucking great. And the thing is, I you know, this is one of the weirder tracks on even the the stripped down. It's still a, re- a very song. releasable track compared yeah. to all the demo crap we've been listening to. Yeah. For well, most if, of the if Dylan had made it like 
album around this an, kind of an album or, or even an EP that was like the first song and this song yeah. and like that sort of stuff. Maybe Days of Forty Nine or you know that was very movie soundtrack yeah. vibe. That yeah. would, like we would we wouldn't be talking about that one right now because right. it would be regarded as like a it's an amazing kinda, album. It's just the way it's perceived as a collection because that's how things were put out back in those days. Yeah, as albums and as a collection. This like again, this thing's a mess, but there are little gems on here. Yeah, there really are. Here's one of them. You know, and you can tell what it is. It, it's him just Very sort of few. strumming and <laughs> trying to come up with a melody. Da da da. <laughs> and then you know someone else. Overdumbing layers and layers of horns, yeah. oh, yeah. following along with what should have just been a, you know, a forethought, an afterthought. I'm Scott's yeah. version now. Yeah, it may be yeah. online somewhere. Yeah, I might yeah, have. Might I might be. have it on the uh, uh, the dark. Um, I'm sure we have recordings from the. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, festival. It, it may be we'll in the to, archives. We'll yeah. have to search. Search. But yeah, that was right be nice someday to have all that stuff searchable. But I don't know what most people's names of their songs are that is, does limit you a bit yes so yeah i this is an interesting and a, gem a, on the record. yeah a good way to sort of go out it would have been a good the best final song i think yeah actually but it isn't actually the last song no no well especially with that first song being so yeah so movie soundtracky yeah, again another song that is written by bob but not a lot it, of words by bob not not concerned with or, continuity <laughs> All the tired horses. I, I think I love his quote about I just threw a bunch of things at the wall and see what would stick. That's it's yeah. what this is. And what did stick? Are I threw it here on that too. aren't completed. Yeah, there are the remainder songs. in a blender. Yeah. <laughs> there are incomplete themes that didn't. None of this really would have made a complete album on its own. This stuff. Yeah. So let's just throw it all in this weird blender, like you said, yeah. and then and yeah. then let you Ooh. deal with it. Yeah, it's your mess now. So the final track is, in fact, another Alberta, Alberta number two. And, you know, since Alberta number one was the number two song, sure. But honestly, he could have put Alberta number one again on the album, because by the time you get to this track, you have completely forgotten forgotten what the other Alberta sounds like. I had to finally just listen to them back to back in order to say, okay, no, they're... Actually, Slightly that last different. song, Wigwam, might be one that I hum in the shower. There you go. Yeah, see, there's one. Still will need a shower afterwards. Yeah. But. Alberta, let your hair hang low. Alberta, let your hair hang low. It's kind of anticlimactic to end on it, but I mean, it's a reprise of but sorts. It's psychedelic in the sense of where they kind of bring weird melodies back to Well, and it does movies. make the album circular or yeah. secular. You, you started this where you stopped. This song has so potential. Again, yeah. demo-ish, but has the potential to be like a blockbuster yeah. if you really produced it right. Yeah. Well, and if you get the bootleg series volume 10, there's Alberta number three on there, uh, so yeah. you can really dig into that. Um, I, I think Bob is you know at at this time like you said he's he's turning the corner but he's he's probably more concerned with deconstructing stuff than he is with yeah burning the past before yeah. jumping into the new stuff which there may be is. why the next album came out so quickly but um, <laughs> it's own, yeah, it is strange that it's on there twice you're right his own yeah. messiness makes him a genius yes. Yes. Yeah. I try to get away with that 
It doesn't work for any of the rest of us. Well, no, you no. have to prove your genius first before people will sit through your messiness. And very few people have. Or you followed around like Life of Brian, you know, yeah. in that kind of sense. The shoe! You, he's, he you're a the messiah. Holy shoe. And that's what was happening to Bob, essentially. He's like, yeah. everybody thinks I'm this messiah. So I'm going to jump I'm into this not. hole. Yeah, I'm then fallible, I and this album proves it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's accidentally woken up the man who hasn't spoken in Albert, 30 years. Now he's going to yell as loud as he wants. You know, like, uh, you know, I was just thinking about that. Uh, you know, like, uh, Jimi Hendrix was a big Bob Dylan fan. Yeah. And he, he had said that one of the reasons was he listened to it, and the lyrics the lyrics were, were saying things that felt more like what he was thinking. seeing in his mind and thinking and it was odd right it was yeah. strange and it was like so oh so you can sing about anything you know you can you can mix things up as much as you want and a lot of this stuff is is like alberta it's like you're not going that direction at all you're heading more back into very kind of traditional territory these are yeah. loose themes i don't think he completed it's yeah, not, yeah i don't yeah. think he's saying shit with this record i mean it's not you know it's not like um the you know the yeah it's no it's not like What's the one, you know, Tom's 13th Nightmare or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, his really odd poetic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't seem Visions to make of any, Johanna. Or right, doesn't seem to make any Desolation sense. Desolation Row. Right, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's telling a really psychedelic right. Right, nightmare right. story yeah. kind of yeah. thing. He's definitely not doing that anymore. No. No, no, these are songs that make sense. And I mean, he did it previously with um, Nashville Skyline, which are all pretty much love songs that don't require any sort of thought to discern yeah, so, the meaning of so in that sense this song this album isn't even necessary you know <laughs> well i think like, yeah, that, <laughs> i think that sums it what all are we doing here, here is, i also agree this is a very unnecessary well maybe album. nashville skyline was a dry run at this he was hoping to alienate people by doing something country that no one would like but nashville and, skyline was before this yeah, yeah exactly and after, it didn't work yeah. Because Lay Lady Lay was such a hit. Because he ended up with a hit song, yeah. 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 But, I mean, he does have a sloppy version of one of his old songs on there. He does have yeah. an instrumental on there. He just, yeah, he didn't make it far enough, so maybe that's what self-portrait is. Yeah, this is. could have just been also called, ah, fuck it. Yeah. 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 Take me as I am, or <laughs> yeah. ah, fuck yeah. off. Ah, fuck it. Here. <laughs> I mean, yes, this is not the place to start with Dylan, but I think if you really want an understanding of Dylan, you gotta you got to grapple with or this Or stop. Album. Don't even stop. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, you got to grapple with this album. It's a hard make album up to a, consume. Yeah. Make your decision on it. I mean, most most Dylan fans do not care for this album. So how do we? I mean, is this um, you know, as a detour or an outlier? Yeah. you could look at it as a couple of ways. You could look at it in the entire scope of his career. Yeah, or maybe just his career up to that point. Right? Yeah. How is it? How is this a a detour? Well, usually, what when Dylan goes off in a direction, whether it's going electric or going Christian or going Sinatra, he does two or three albums of yeah, this. Yeah, this is and a single. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. <laughs> this one lives. Uh, there are no other albums in his catalog to this point that it's are a single. This is an outlier. Yeah, without a doubt. yeah. yeah. And I mean, maybe if he were more happy with the results, he would have done more albums like this. I mean, yeah. New Morning started God, out yeah. with you know covers of Big Yellow Taxi and uh, you know what was that song uh, by. Uh, Nitty gritty dirt band. Oh, Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Yeah, yeah those are a, yeah, those are way better polished and produced in those. Yeah, but he might have kept going in this direction had this been what he wanted. But he, I don't, I don't think retreated. there is a direction. I think it's I, Dewey's right. It's a, it's a clean, clean out the baffles. We're yeah. gonna, we're about to start phase two. Yeah. Jettison yeah. all <laughs> remaining well, expectations. Yeah, you know, Tom Waits put out. Orphans, Brawlers, and Bastards, which yeah. I think is a beautiful collection of his 
just garbage in a songs. sense, but it's not garbage at all. It actually made sense as an album. Yeah, this one doesn't. You know, and yeah. this, but this is like thirty years before that. But yeah, well, and that's the thing is, these weren't old songs he had lying around right. that he put out. Now he deliberately recorded an album that sounded like old songs right. he had lying around. And this is deliberately a mess. Yeah, like it, I mean, he didn't organize choppy. it no... chronologically yeah. or thematically. And or... there was uh, in in a little bit of research for this album, I did come across some interview with. I didn't write it down, so I apologize. But some academic type. Yeah. But anyway, they 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 had a you know basically the same sort of thing I was saying that conceptually, this person was like conceptually it's brilliant. It's the self portrait. Yeah. He goes, but um, uh, this person said, you know, they asked him, I guess, right? Yeah. You know, what about the music? He goes, I don't listen to it. <laughs> no, I, I just like thinking about it as a <laughs> as a concept, as a platonic <laughs> ideal. Well, then again, I think Dylan's laughing his way to the bank with that thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. Y'all, again, are taking it too seriously. He's probably thinking in the back of his head. Like, I just threw you some scraps. There and you and go. Like, you, like, you made it number one. You know? And like you said, too, with Nashville Skyline, maybe that was the attempt. Like, I am going to tell all of you I ain't doing that stuff anymore. Yeah, I'm not right? writing and no like one a listened. Rolling Stone. I'm well, doing... he found another voice, yeah, all right, yeah, you know, yeah. which, which, which with the oncoming blood on the tracks. And, yeah. and well, if no one listened, then cool. he's got to do Desire this. and some of the great albums of the 70s. But yeah. he's, he's also kind of trying out, like... Two or three or four different new voices As on this one. As he has one. his entire he's career. Just, yeah. which we all Let's well, see. I mean, he's done worse albums. I mean, see what look I can at get away with. Knocked Out, Loaded, or Down in the Groove, uh, but none yeah. of them stick out like this one. I mean, he can do a bad album. That's because those were a, a, an album as an album. He went into a studio and actually recorded an album. Yeah. I don't think he went into the studio to record this as an album. No. These are scraps. These are random. I just yeah, really random. think that he's put, out, put it out as an album, but yeah. there's, there's no way this was intended. Well, it, it kind of feels like you know, a, a, you know, he made a <laughs> quick sketch on like a wadded up middle, uh, on yeah. a napkin. It got wadded up, you know, used <laughs> to clean up stuff. Then was straightened out and put in a giant gold frame. So you got this really weird thing in the center and all this. It's abstract. Yeah, yeah. Stuff around it. It's like yeah. It's very abstract. One of the things we keep coming across with the um, outlier albums are the poor sequencing. And this is that. You could resequence this album and make it a completely different experience. Like a, a drastically. You could make it a few different EPs, like you yeah. were saying. Yeah. yeah a this, live this EP, is just a mangled a Nashville mess EP, of, and then, of demos. And on top of that, it's, it's like, in a, why is a really my iPod bizarre. shuffling songs in this order? Yeah. This is so bad. It's bizarre or random. Like you said, it's like you do have those four live songs. Why are two of them next to each other? Well, there's yeah. enough of the live songs to have the live songs As plus maybe one. Or have all the live songs as a side, which yeah, is yeah. which is not unheard of. All yeah. this could have been divided into sides. Probably, I don't. I don't even want to revisit it again to try to do that myself. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> because if they're not that good. You know, they're just not that if good. It, if it wasn't all blended up in a, a, a seemingly random order. It wouldn't be as interesting. It wouldn't it would be just as interesting, be and people would be like, "Yeah, yeah that's the live right. side," and those yeah. are, except for one, are kind of shitty live versions. Yeah. So I, I've only played that side like if twice it were ever. sequenced properly, like the country songs are the country songs, the live ones with the live ones, and the crooners is the crooner. Like uh, maybe would, the film soundtrack been taken more stuff, seriously, bookending yeah. it a little bit. Would people I, then been overanalyzing well, the seriousness I think, of it? I think then it would even be a bigger failure than it is. Yeah, I think especially in the days of vinyl. Yeah, you know, like like you can't like, you choose. Gotta, you're yeah. gonna hear one of each of these things. Yeah. Right, no matter where you Sampler go. Sampler player. Right. Like, like <laughs> Life a, is like yeah. a box of chocolates. And in a way, it might be the first album of its kind, and only album of its kind, where he really mixed his own genres up mm -hmm. for the first time. Yeah, like this isn't like 
his country album or his rock album. This is his but I don't think shuffle play intention. before his shuffle play album. <laughs> well, yeah, I, the shuffle well, album. I, uh, the title is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Even and much like <laughs> yeah, the, the, the actual painting on the cover, it doesn't really look like him, but he that's said he what did he that thinks in like a half an hour or yeah. something or five minutes yeah. or, and then that's when he that's decided what he claims. To call it. Yeah. Of course, um, this yeah, is probably Bob, what he thinks he looks like, know. not what he actually looks like. But you know, who knows? Does he talk about it in that new documentary? No, the yeah. new documentary is only on the Rolling Thunder review tour from '75. Oh, and I see. Yeah, he doesn't well, talk about this album much, but people don't ask him about it much, and he doesn't talk. Yeah, generally, he, he so. keeps telling us over and over and over again throughout his career. It's like it's just you dummies. Don't take it don't, seriously. Don't take me too we, seriously. We I, keep, I keep trying to tell you, stop taking me so seriously. And we might be the only people that have ever talked this much about this album. And we, we, and we keep doing it. Yeah. We, we never listen to them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to bring up, or shall we move on? Well, just a, well, just a, um, um, we should move on. Okay. But I want to mention just a, one more Gotta time. Got to travel on. In August... August, there is the uh, Denver Art Rock Collective's um, All Star Show. Yes, and uh, which is August. The date is the All Stars. Get your game on. Seventeenth or play. whatever the Saturday. Is. Whatever the seventeenth. The seventeenth. Yes. Seventeenth and August. Streets uh, Denver. Yeah, Streets so, Denver. So if you listen to this before then, that is August of 2019. Yeah. <laughs> please head over to the Streets of Denver, formerly the Streets of London. Get your plane tickets now. Don't call it that. They get upset. Yes. So, um, Dewey, how do people follow you online? What should they know about you? What do you Dewey want to plug? Dewey is my main site where you can find the other stuff too. But there's also GarciaVanDillon.com is the side project of, you know, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, and Jerry Garcia stuff combined, which we do have a show coming up at the end of July in, in Silt, I think July 21st or something. Yeah, in, in the Western Colorado. And we're doing all Dylan for that set. Uh, I think it's a town of silt and um, also international Bob Trill- Dylan, uh, international Bob Dylan tribute festival is Bob Dylan tribute.net. Yes. So Bob Dylan tribute.net. You can find our tours that we do over in Europe and you know, all the different all stars that come on the show and, and um, yeah, we're going to have a new stuff lined up for next year and uh, that'll be, yeah. So, so are you planning the, uh, the self portrait concert? Yeah. You know, that's the other thing I forgot to mention here. I don't think anybody would ever cover this album. You know, the, this, not not the whole album. Well, yeah, the, the whole album is mostly to, uh, covers. But yeah, as I was saying, I don't. I it would. Boy, I don't know who would want to cover this album. Honestly, it, what a weird album to just cover. to clear the rights would be a nightmare. Maybe a punk, <laughs> punk rock cover tribute to it would there be pretty. Even then, it, it would be like a you know, it'd be like a bar band and. You better be drinking, pretty much, right? I mean, because it's not going to be. You need, I'm sure it would be better than what this. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be more consistent. You know what I mean? It's like, like, yeah, it's like, what the hell are they doing? It's like you need competent backup singers. You need a fucking tuba. You need a good fiddle (laughs) player. You need pedal steel. You need. Oh, there's like 50 musicians credited. The the instrumentation that you need to to cobble. Yeah, to to pull this off is. Uh, and, and most of those guys are only playing on three tracks. Yeah, it's very eclectic. But and then you got to pay them to stand around and drink for like an hour before they even play their first song. So, so yeah, DeweyPaulBand.com. <laughs> I'm assuming that, that you got the gig in the Dewey Paul Band just because your name happened to be the same. Yeah, that's good. And I'm probably going solo here soon. But there you go. The Dewey I'll make Paul my own person. Self-portrait. <laughs> All right. Right on. We'll look Sweet. forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Keep an eye on that, and I guess. 
tune in next week when we will try and figure out who this artist is. I want a feast. I want a bean feast. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcakes with no nuts. So good you could go nuts.